You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. Welcome once again to the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. It's the 26th of August 2022. And ladies and gentlemen, step on down, Rappo. <laughs> Afternoon, Deeks. All right, mate. It's sunny again, mate. No mizzle. The mizzle's gone. No, pictures will be dried up soon, won't they? Oh, no, mate. I know. They were starting to... Starting to look all right, mate, wasn't they? There was a Priory Park last night. Dicks, I saw a bit of mud fly up a couple of times. It was lovely. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Was that a sliding tackle? There was a couple, actually, Dicks, yeah. Because I have been feeling for the lads, mate, going in for the old sliding tackles lately. Dicks, I'm here with the old... Yeah. You just know they're going to have a bad grass burn, don't you? Yeah. In the morning. <laughs> Stuck to the sheet. Stuck to the bed sheets, mate. But... Mm. Yeah, been there, done that, mate, haven't we? Mm, that's right. <laughs> it's probably better at the moment playing on all weather 3G pitches than it is grass pitches, isn't it? Yeah, probably is, Dix, isn't it? Yeah, you don't get that sort of burn, do you? Like we used to get on the old, well, remember the old artificial pitches, Dix, that we when we had when it first came out with the sand on it and all, mate. Yeah, they, were, was, they weren't that good, oh, were they? No, mate, no, fall over on that one, mate. You'd take about three layers of skin off, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, shall we crack on? We've got, we, well, we've got a lot to get through today. We've got some yeah. charity work. We've got some tributes. We've got our normal run through the leagues. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in, to be honest, before you have to go to watch the Champions League draw. I cannot believe you're bothering to watch <laughs> that rubbish, to be honest. Man United isn't even in it. I know, well, I know. It? You haven't even got a team in it. Well, Celtic's in it, Deeks. My second favourite team's in it. So <laughs> I'm hoping they might get Liverpool, mate. I'd see them beating them at Parkhead, mate. <laughs> well, anyone could beat Liverpool at the moment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong there, mate. If we can beat them, anyone can. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, anyway, let's, let's uh, start uh, this week. Um, well,. Rapper, we always like to help uh, any charity events, don't we? Definitely, thanks, yeah. That's why you're on the show. So, <laughs> let's let's kick off this episode uh, with news of one coming up in September. Well, the podcast spoke to Sean Middleton last season uh, when the news came out of the tragic accident to Paul Hampshire, ex-Newkey player. Now, Sean, you've got uh, news of an event coming up, I think, haven't you, that you're going to tell us about? Yes, so we, um, we're we going to be, well, Newquay AFC is going to be hosting a uh, memorial match for Paul on the 18th of September, um, three o'clock kickoff um, up, up Newquay. So it's going to be a team based um, by Hoops and Laughs who managed um, Paul um, when they was at Newquay. So they are getting their, they're getting a team together from their end. And Jim Milton and myself are going to be getting a team of new key players, ex-new key players. Um, but we, we're also going to have a, a lot of ex-work colleagues who are going to come in and play a bit here and there. Um, and he's got a lot of family and friends coming down, including his two brothers who are going to come down and play as well. So um, a lot of his family are coming down, his wife Lisa and the kids, his mum and dad. So it's going to be a really special day and we're going to make it as good as possible for them all. If Laughs and, and Glynn are involved, it's going to be competitive, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, you, I, I can run through a few of the players that they've played. Yeah, yeah, come on, so man. Far. Yeah. Yeah, so 
Confirmed from their side is Gary Penaligan, Nankaro, Westy, Dean Harris, Cheesy, Reski, Justin Arrington, Tom Blattler, Sam Farrant, Mike Arscott, Wetsy, Gary Wilden, Trotty, Brooksy, Ludsey, Carl Rickard and Jay Isabel. And I think there'll be a few more to come. So right. pretty much named the Cornwall All-Stars of the last 20 years of Cornwall football. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some squad. I still feel confident though. <laughs> oh right <laughs> are you going to divulge any players you've got so far or um, we, we're we just getting our team together now me and Jim we've got um, we're trying to get as close a team together as when Paul first moved down here so that would probably include me uh, Scott Palmer Luke Rigby um, Jake Hartigan Jody Dean Sam McEwen um, Ashley Bradshaw um, yeah so We'll have a few other players in there. Um, Glenn Squire's going to play. So we'll have a decent side, but it's more about getting bums on seats and getting as many people there as possible and getting his ex-work colleagues on there and his, you know, his brothers and his friends. So it's going to be for everybody. You know, it's, it's probably will be a competitive game with the players, but it's not about that. It's about just turning up for Paul and showing what he meant to all of us and what an impact he had on our lives, really. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, just tell us a little bit about Paul. Anyone that didn't listen to the podcast last season, who is or who was Paul Hampshire? So, Paul, um, him and his uh, wife Lisa moved down to Newquay about two thousand and eight. Um, yeah, and he comes start playing for Newquay, working at the uh, Newquay Post Office, and uh, he played for Newquay for about. Four five years. He, he was, I've told you on the last time I was on the podcast, great guy, real family man, great, great player, like ridiculously good. Um, just, just a top bloke, mate. Just a top bloke. It's, you know, it's the least we can do for him and his family is to do something like this. It's the least he deserves. So we're, we're going to do it and we're going to do it good. One of the best posties in Yuki uh, that ever played football, I would imagine. Um, yeah, you'd have to ask, uh, God bless him, Brian Big in that, because when I first started playing for Newquay, I think everyone on the team was a post, postman, because <laughs> he was the manager of the yeah, post office. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, I would have thought so. He, well, he's, he's, like I said before, he's definitely the best player I've played with, uh, so I would imagine everybody else would be saying pretty much the same. Right. And just mm. remind us, what date's this game coming up? Yeah, Sunday the 18th of September, three o'clock kickoff. Um, gates open at two. It'd be five pounds per adult. Concessions will be free, um, and we, you know, we'll have raffles going around. We're going to have an auction in the clubhouse afterwards, and we're just trying to make, you know, trying to make a good little bit of money for him, and just just show his family what what he meant to us. I think we need to turn out in good numbers and anybody who's listening to the podcast if you've got a spare day that day please turn up support us support the family and um, yeah sh- share what you meant to all of us ok well thanks uh, thanks Sean it's in my yeah. diary already yes mate that'd be great um, we could even get Rappo on if you want to see if he could uh, oh got to think about his knees his ankles he, you know he, he's, his shoulders aching I'm sure at the moment you know he's, he's getting old Tell him we'll put him on pens, he'll, he'll, he'll soon be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> thanks very much, Sean. Yeah. Okay, thank you, mate. Thanks for the time for you know asking us about this. It'd be you know great that you're getting out there for us. So keep your eyes peeled as well. It's going to be on the forum and on social media and whatnot.
Great stuff. Thanks very much. Right. Cheers, mate. Take care. Your Cornish, Cornish Soccer Podcast. Yep, date for your diary. That's the 18th September, 3 o'clock kickoff. Um, some of the proceeds will be going to the Alzheimer's charity. Um, lots of big footballing, Cornish footballing names in the in the squads that Sean uh, read out, weren't there? Yeah, there was one there, Dick's lovely, mate. Bit of a bit of a who's who, mate, wasn't it? Of Cornish <laughs> football over the last sort of twenty odd years, Dick's, isn't it? So good to see, mate. Everyone, well, great calls, Dick's. You know, I have got to be honest, Dick's. I remember being up Scotland actually, Dick's, when the story broke on their news mm. up there, mm. and uh, remember my brother-in-law asking if I knew Paul, mate. And yeah, shocking day that one, mate. It was yeah, terrible, mate. But um. But a wonderful gesture from Mitzi and all the Nuki lads, mate, to come up with this event for Paul and to show his family, really, Deeks, isn't it? How iry God he was holding sort of down here, mate, wasn't it? So yeah. it'd be lovely for them to see that, I'd think, Deeks. And like you said, mate, some great names of Cornish football already promising to play. So I'd urge anyone to, to get along there, wouldn't you, mate, to make wise and support, support the event, mate, and... I mean, even Mitzi's penalty invite couldn't get these knees working again, <laughs> Dick, I don't think. <laughs> nice of him anyway. <laughs> nice of him anyway. What, what about... You've seen me bend down to pick a golf ball out of the old Dick, haven't you? I struggle to do that, mate, don't I? What about, what about, what about back healing it from the penalty spot? Would you be able oh, to yeah, do that? That might be a shape, Dick. I've had a few back heels in my day, mate. <laughs> I have one from the edge of the box down there for Penzance, mate, against Callington. Yeah. Um, then Penn Lee, mate, then by the tee-up. <laughs> I ran out. Yeah, keeper come out, mate, and saved it. And I was facing my own goal, so I just back-heeled it. Because it just about got over the line, it did, mate. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Forever. You haven't painted a very good picture of it, to be honest. No, it wasn't that special, I don't think, mate. It wasn't as good as old... Uh, the ladies, mate, in the in the old the uh, Euros, is, mate, yeah, that's the right. one she but yeah, just about crept over the line it did, Diggs. But but um, no, definitely try and get there for this one, Diggs, wouldn't you, if possible, mate? But yeah. a, a sad but lovely occasion, Diggs. Yeah, that's right. So uh, that's Sean Middleton, obviously 18th September. So uh, got a couple of weeks to go yet before that game, and uh, no doubt we'll probably be mentioning it as we get closer to that. Date. Make sure you don't miss an episode of the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix by subscribing on your favourite podcast platform. Just search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football and you've got it. On to uh, our run through the leagues and uh, as usual, we start at the very top, uh, what is it, step three, isn't it, True City are in? Yes, mate. And everyone's happy at True, the top of the league. Yeah, definitely, Dave, I think. We're not going to get too carried away, as we say, we're only four games in, but um, it's certainly been a very good start for us. There's no doubt about that. It's um, top of the league and 10 points from a possible 12 has been a, a really good start. It's um, with two two tough away games and uh, well, a game against Dorchester and Poole as well at home. So it's been not, not an easy start by any means, but I think we've done remarkably well considering... Um, well, the way I said the fixture list, and obviously the standard of the league as well, is no easy game at this level. And um, but yeah, as I said, ten points from a possible twelve is a, a dream start for us, really. And um, I think everyone, as you say, everyone at the club seems uh, quite pleasantly optimistic. So we're in we're in good spirits. Good. And that man Tyler Harvey on the score sheet again. 
Yeah, I know. I, I started thinking he must have nipped some of Rappo's boots or something. He's got the <laughs> goal-scoring instinct this year. He's on fire. Like uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but I um, tie. But he always normally takes him a couple of games to get going, really. But he's, I said he's. I spoke to his dad, and he said he's working. He's worked hard over the summer, and he's, you can tell really he's come back a completely. Well, Tyler Harvey, as we know, is an incredible footballer. Incredible anyway, but he's come back this summer and he, he's just on fire Dave like I said six goals from four games he's the league's top goal scorer and um, another two on the weekend for him which was and I think that was that was his hundredth his second was his hundredth goal for Truro um, which is again a very good achievement so massive congratulations to Ty um, thoroughly deserves it and he's someone who I said he's just got that knack for goal scoring his first goal against Winchester was superb and second one I said he, he, it's one of those it's a tap in but he, he said to me after the game in an interview he doesn't care if he scores a worldie or a tap in they, they all count for the same thing don't they so mm-hmm. um but yeah, no, he's he's been he's been on fire. But it's not just him, Davis. Um, ten other players on the pitch out there as well who've performed as well. Um, Rocky's looking sharp and the, all the way down to the back line as well. We're not we're not conceding many goals as well, which has been um, a real positive as well because that was something we struggled with last year. We were leaking goals for fun, um, so that's something that we've clearly rectified. But um, yeah, as I said, it's been a really good start for us. You say you're not um, betting in many goals. I just had a quick look at the league table. and Have you seen Hayes and Yedding? They've played four games. They, they've scored three and conceded two. So I think um, they must be pretty boring to watch, mustn't they? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Hayes, Hayes are one of these teams, Dave. They've, they lost um, their main man last year. Uh, I think it was Francis Amati who scored an awful lot of goals um, for them. I think he got to move to Aldershot. Um but he, he, I think he got about over 30 goals for him. But they still got Moses Emmanuel there, who's equally someone who's, who's scored. I think he scored multiple. I think he league's top goal scorer. He scored well over 30 goals as well. So um, yeah, uh, Hayes are the sort of team that they're, they're, we're only four games in, Dave. But they'll they'll be up there, no doubt about that. They're a very good side and they play some good football. And as you say, although they although they haven't scored many, they've not not conceded that many either. So they're one of these teams. Once they get going, they'll be. That'd be a real tough outfit to beat, and we we know that because we've been there multiple times, and they've always given us tough games there. So they're a good side. Yeah, well, they are good because that even though they've not scored many, they're still seventh. So, um, but it just goes to show that it's not all about scoring goals, but we do like to see some, don't we? What was um, what was uh, who was the other guy who scored? Will Dean. What was his goal like? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just talk through the goals, Dave. Um, first goal was Tyler's goal. It was a, um, his goal was it's well worth a watch. Highlights are up on YouTube. It's really well worth a watch. This one, but Ty's uh, the first goal. Rocky's just sort of played a great ball, free ball into him. And I said last week, Ty's not renowned for his for his pace as such, but again, he's he's run onto this ball and he's got him. One on one with the keeper, and it's just so clever. The keeper wasn't the tallest, but he's literally just dinked it over the top of him, taken the ball down, and then scored with his next touch, like into an empty net. It was just a, a moment of quality, really. And I think I described it on Twitter as we're running out of superlatives to describe him. And I think that's, I mean, that is a fair enough to say it. Like every week, I'm thinking, what am I going to say here? Because I said that last week. I can't keep saying that, but. Um, he is just he's just brilliant to watch and um so one the up and I think probably could have had a few more if I'm honest Dave at half time but uh, ultimately that was we didn't we didn't get out to the score sheet but um we were playing some good football. Winchester are not any not a, they're not a they're no pushovers, they're a good side. Um and they did give us a game but 
uh, ultimately our class showed. Second half, we got a, a free kick, and Will Dean was the man who took it. Obviously, that was it. He already scored this season, scored in the opening day, but um, playing in a slightly more forward role this year. But he's had to drop back. Ben Adelsbury got injured against uh, Dorchester, so um, he's had to drop back into centre back position. But he, he took a free kick, and his free kick was fantastic um dave just sort of again another definitely worth a watch he's just he even said to me after the game it's a weird one really because he's sort of just he's hit it but there's no real much power about it he's just placed it and the goalkeeper doesn't even move and he, he even said he even said when he when he he felt he, it felt a bit weird when he hit it and i was just like i couldn't really i was saying to him i was like what do you mean he's like he couldn't really describe it the way he, he just sort of bends it in like he didn't it's like it didn't really have much power behind it but i said it caught the keeper out and it went straight into the bottom corner and it, over the wall and into the bottom corner so um, if maybe if he wants to take those strange free kicks again and he says it feels weird, he can take them as many times as he wants as long as they go in the bottom corner. So, I was going to say, um, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'd worry about it too much. If it goes in, that's fine. Well, exactly. I think I think that's what he'll be saying as well. But um, yeah, no, that was that was the second goal, and then there was a bit of um, we had a crazy couple of minutes actually. Both teams got reduced to ten men. Um, Dan Sullivan got sent off uh, for violent conduct. I think there was an incident off the ball where um, I'm not going to dwell too much on it, but I think there was a might have been a little kick or something. But that's been. Um, I think Truro are certainly appealing that decision, um, which is understandable. I know Paul said at the time that's something they're definitely going to look at um, is a, a appealing. Uh, and Winchester, I think, are also going to make an appeal because they had a man sent off, which was, I think, from what we gathered, it was a second bookable offence. Um, and I think he sent off the wrong player, the referee. I think he sent off. I think he gave someone a yellow card and then gave him a red. But yeah, he didn't receive one yellow card anyway, so it didn't really work like that. But um, yeah, all these all these things sort of happen. But it's just in the heat at the moment. Obviously, who'd be a referee, Dave? At the yeah, end of it. But, um, that's true. Yeah, so so both both teams down to ten men, but that didn't really didn't really change the game as such. Um, Truro just sort of continue their class and the third goal Ollie Knowles had come on um, his first appearance this season obviously got injured at the in pre-season but his first league appearance and um, sort of just basically found himself in acres of room ran through and uh, unselfishly as such he was through on goal and he sort of just waited um, and squared it to Tyler he tapped home for his 100th goal um, an easy finish for Ty but as he said he's one that any striker takes them really you either score a world you just take a tap in but um, 100 goals up for, for Tyler which as I said is an incredible achievement but um, Ollie got given credit it's unselfish really just to lay it off to him but I know Ty said after the game he was going he's never ran so quickly to get to a, get onto a ball in his life but um, <laughs> he got there and finished off and that was 3-0 and that was basically game set match really Dave um, I'll give Winchester credit they kept going till the end um, and they got they got a penalty which we still think's a little a little harsh one really. Um, I think the player I think Paul described it as saying he was expecting the uh, the man to get uh, booked for, for diving, but apparently Hammy had taken him down and a penalty was given and the the lad stepped up and fired into the corner, which was a good pen, but. Um, I said 3-1 we were a little disappointed to concede late on with the penalty but at the end of the day the, the, the game was done really Dave and 3-1 was um, a result really it could have been more but ultimately who cares it's three points in the bag and that was, we went there it was a difficult pitch difficult not the nicest of grounds and settings but um, we, we went there did a job and went home happy so that was job done for us really yeah so top of the league and uh, by curious things this, uh, well, busy weekend for you, but Saturday it's top against bottom, isn't it? Yeah, as I said, it's, you can't really judge the league table this early, um, Dave. Like, Hendon are a, a very good, they're a good side, um, and I, I think 
I spoke to Paul during the week as well, and he said he said that they're in a false position, no doubt about that. Um, they're a very good team. Lee Allison, I know, I know personally as well. He's a good, very good manager, been at this level for a, a number of years, and he's certainly someone who he'll be able to turn that team around. Um, they've not started great, and they are bottom of the league with no points, which they'll be just very disappointed with. But for us, we we know that we know what they're capable of, Dave. I'm sure we can all remember the first day of last season where <laughs> they came to us and we dominated the game. Really, probably could have won. 6-7-0 but ended up losing 4-0 which sounds crazy but um, anyone who was at the game will probably say it was a Truro had well the vast majority of the play had all the chances but Hendon just came with the game plan it worked perfectly and I said they ran away 4-0 winners which is a real shock to the system I'll tell you but um, yeah no it's not, not going to be an easy game last time we played them was in January um, and we beat them 2-0 uh, on, their, on their pitch back here down in London but um which is always, I said, they're, they're, they're a good side, Dave. They, they'll give us a game, no doubt about that. And um, this isn't going to be one where you look at and Truro. You're not going to look at it before the game and think, "Oh, Truro are going to win six, seven nil here," because they're, they're certainly a very good side. And it'll be a, it'll be a tough, tough outing for us. And as, as will will it be on Monday, Dave? Tiverton away, which is more, as I said, more of a local game, but. We know all about TV. They've got a couple of RX lads as well, so they'll be wanting to probably get one over on us as well. So again, TV are another good team. They've had a good start, and Scott and Martin have been been and around the club for years, so they know what they're doing. And um, yeah, it's going to be a busy weekend for us, but hopefully we can come out. It, well, it, 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 the way we look at it, I'm looking at results from last season, Dave, and going into the bank holiday weekend last year, we'd only picked up four points um, from a possible nine, and then we, in that bank holiday weekend, we only picked up one point uh, out of two games, Hartley-Whitney and Taunton, and I remember the Hartley-Whitney game especially was really, it was a really frustrating weekend for us, because it was a nil-nil draw at Belifo, which we felt we probably should have won the game. And then Taunton on the Monday, uh, we lost 2-1, but that was painful, actually. Dan Sullivan, who's obviously with us now, he has scored a 90th-minute winner against us. So it was a, a pretty bad bank holiday weekend last year. So hopefully um, we can have a good one this season and pick up some points. That's the first team there in um, action twice over the weekend. Uh, bring us up to date, Cam, if you can, with the reserves. What's been happening with True City Reserves? Yeah, so obviously the reserves that uh, we spoke last week, they had a result. Um, they picked up their first uh, point in their opening game against Mullion, but um, I watched them on Tuesday night. They had their first uh, league victory at home at Tregai. Um They came out pretty convincing winners over to St Agnes. I think four, four and a lap at half time, and they were thoroughly deserving of that lead. And then um, I'll give St Agnes credit, Dave. They came back in the second half and made it difficult for Truro, but um, they got they got a goal, consolation goal. But then. Um, Jacob Grange, who's obviously signed on with the first team, he, uh, he, I'll be honest, I thought, I thought he was excellent on the night day before he ran the show and, um, he got a penalty and no doubt about that, won the penalty, stepped up and fired it home. So 5 1. Uh, basically a, a, a good performance from them, really, Dave. It was never, never in doubt and a first win of the Premier League season. So unbeaten start for, for the reserves, which has been a, as I said, perfect start for them, near enough. And they're home again on Saturday, aren't they? Yes, they're at, um, at Tregai Saturday against uh, Falmouth Reserve. So if anyone's not uh, planning of heading up to Belifo on the free coach, um, you can always stay local and watch the reserves. Who are so they're, they're a great team to watch. They play some really good football. For and I said they're, they're only young and they're still learning, but um, on their day they can play some fantastic football. And well, tear, I've seen them tear teams apart. So um, hopefully the same again on Saturday. You mentioned the free coach there. How, how does anyone go about booking a seat on it? 
Um, so the bit free coach is simply one where I think they're, le- they're planning to leave from Indie House, where um, that is down next door to Tronian Coaches uh, in Truro. Um, it's the independent uh, building. Pete Masters kindly let us uh, uh, support us park their cars there on match day because that was an issue we had. Obviously, you can't park a tree road anymore. Mm. Um, so the issue they had was p- uh, parking issues. So the pickups were always at park, uh, the park and ride and stuff. But I think they were everyone was saying you're going to have to pay and stuff like that. So the, the issue was that that's been rectified now. So you just drop um it's one of those you uh, this week you can't actually book online um having a little issue there but you for anyone who wants to go along just turn up at 12 turn up 4 12 30 at indie house the coach will be there there'll be plenty of spaces on there um and then you just pay pay on the gate like normal um 10 pound on the gate for adults and you're, you're away there really Dave. So just jump on it's always a friendly atmosphere i've been told on the coach so um just have a chat about football for an hour and then you get to Belive and watch, hopefully watch Truro get three points. OK, and uh, the youth team, they've been in action, haven't they? Yeah, so the 18s are in action as well. Um, they had their first uh, bit of Youth Cup act- action for the year. Uh, so they've had some success in the FA Youth Cup, um, last couple, not, so, not so much last year, but the year before. Um, did really well, got to the first round proper, but uh, they, they played at Bodie Park uh, at Wadebridge and they came out uh, 3-1 winners over Bishops Lydia, which was a, a strange fixture. I wasn't actually at the game, Dave. I was, wasn't I wasn't feeling 100% last week, but um, Bishops Lydia are a weird team, so anyone who knows me, I'm, I'm originally from Somerset, and uh, Bishops Lydia were my old local side when I was growing up, and I used to play for their like under-12s or whatever it was, so it was a bit of a blast in the past for me, but um, yeah, Truro came out, 3-1 winners, um, George Newton got a brace, and uh, Ryan Downing scored as well, so it was one, from what I gathered, it was an pr- um, entertaining game, but Truro sort of, it was never really in doubt, really, with the fixture, so um, well, well done to them, they progressed, and they've got a Slightly, well, it's almost a, a derby, should we say, now between the two clubs. So they played them in the cup final last year in the uh, DGM League Cup final, but it's um, they're up against uh, uh, Plymouth Parkway away. So that's on Tuesday night. So you've got anyone who's interested in well, Truro Football Club, you've got a game on Saturday, you've got with the first team, all the reserves. You've got a game on Monday with the first team, and then Tuesday night, you've got the under 18s at the LIFO um, against Plymouth Parkway, which will be a and no doubt, if anyone was at the cup final last year, you'll know that it was a really close, closely fought game, went down to penalties as well. So um, I'm sure that'll be an absolute cracker and one that I'm looking forward to, Dave, in the preliminary round as well. So place, place in the first round, um, qualifying. So let's see what happens. That's 7.45 on Tuesday, you said. 7.45 Tuesday evening, yeah, yeah. at the Lifeo Park. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Yeah, league table's looking lovely, isn't it, Dick? So, you know, 10 out of 12 points, mate. Tyler banging in the goals, left, right and centre. Six in four games. Um, 100th goal for the club, as Cam said, mate. Congrats congrats to Ty for that, mate. All rosy in the Truro City Garden, Deeks, isn't it? <laughs> hey, it just made me think. How many goals did you score for Truro City? Oh, t- Roughly. Not as many as Tyler, I don't think, Deeks. I had three spells, mate, but none of them lasted that long, Deeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to say... I think I have worked this out before, Deeks, and, and made a note of it. So I want to say 58, mate, first team. But 58? Oh, well off. Well off, Tyler's yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely no... I think I had one sort of half-decent season, and the other two, I, I sort of... I was there half a season and went form of Deeks, didn't I? And... The other one, I was a kid when I first met you, mate, really. You know, when you had that good combo side, mate. I think I had my debut then, Marazion, when I was 14. <laughs> Marazion. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think you and Andy Allen were full-backs that day, mate. Really? I remember oh, rightly. Right. Yeah. 
you and Andy Allen, mate, yeah. Good side it was, mate. Good chore team that was, but... No, yeah, definitely not as many as Tyler, mate. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well done to him, mate. Yeah, they've got a busy weekend. In fact, the, the, the whole club, obviously, yeah. is now back in action, isn't it? With Cam giving us the, the run-through of the first team, the reserves, the uh, the youth side. So, um, so we cover them every week, don't we, Rappo? Yeah, we do, Deeks. We do, mate. And, yeah, thanks to Cam. I mean, to be honest, mate, like, like Cam said, mate, there's, there isn't no easy games at that level, mate, is there? There's only, you only got to look at Portway, Deeks, something you're really next to bottom. You know, one point from four games, Deeks. It, I suppose it's testament to that, really, mate, isn't it? It yeah. is a tough league. And, like you, you know, like you said, Deeks, end and bottom to come on Saturday, you, you'd fancy three points and, before a tough one at TV on Monday, mate. What's the betting, mate? Niall Thompson or Jamie Richards will score in that one, Dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie did yeah. score last week, I think. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. He, he does score a big for defender, mate, doesn't he? Yeah. So. But, but, um, but no, hopefully he's on to try win, Dick. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Keep winning. From the Southern League to the Trelawney, we've got you covered. Right, on to the Western League and... Um, well, uh, FA Cup obviously was uh, last Saturday with the likes of uh, Helston beating Falmouth and Torpoint. Torpoint beating Mansell, that was a bit of a surprise. It was, Deeks, wasn't it? You, you know, you think, was it, what was it, three weeks ago, mate? Mansell won their 5-1 in the league, didn't they? Yeah. You know, literally three weeks ago, opening league game, Torpoint won Mansell 5 and then... Three weeks later, Deeks, we, you know, Torpoint knocked Mazel out of the cup. Pretty two, same venue, different score. Funny old game, Deeks, isn't it? <laughs> and, and already people are suggesting that Jake Ash, he might be a bit dodgy, you know, staying as manager. Surely not. I can't see that, can you, Deeks? I, th- I think I think Ash, he's got too much credit in the bank, mate, to, to be worried about anything, hasn't he? He's done a great job there, I think. Well, so... You would think so, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, and in the league, well, Saltash 6-1 against Canesham, but I believe that Canesham aren't, aren't, uh, aren't going to be yeah. that clever this season anyway, by sounds of it. No, I think they're the whipping boys, Diggs, aren't they, from what everyone was saying, sort mm. of pre-season, you know, Bridgewater, the, the one to beat, and Canesham, the whipping boy. Hey, Diggs, did you see that Saltash 6-1 result, mate? Three Callums scored in that match. Yeah. Martindale, <laughs> Merrin, and O'Brien. Well done, Diggs, yeah. I knew you'd know. <laughs> I knew you'd know. Yeah, good result for Milbrook, I thought, Diggs, home to Barnstable, mate, I thought. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting actually mm-hmm. see how Barnstable will get on. Um, they, they've had a obviously a yeah. uh, couple of good results. Got knocked out of the FA Cup though, didn't they, by Maisel? So, um, so uh, be interesting to see how they fare. But uh, midweek, well, Helston did did the same on Tuesday as they did on Saturday yeah. against um, Falmouth. This time in the league, Saltash beat Millbrook, and uh, well, we're talking about Barnstable. They um, 3-0 always looks a fairly comfortable win, doesn't it? I haven't seen much of any reports about the Torpoint Barnstable no. game, but it looks a, a comfortable result. Yeah, it does, doesn't it, So I suppose it makes Milbrook's re- result look better as well, mate, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's true, because one all Milbrook drew with Barnstable, and then Torpoint obviously uh, losing. Um, James Lorenz playing, I see. 
Yeah, see that, Dick. Sure. Yeah, see that, mate. <laughs> right, so, anyway, the top um, were table positions after recent results. We've got Saltash second, Millbrook fifth, Farmouth ninth, Helston tenth, Mosel twelfth, and Torport eighteenth. I know it doesn't really mean anything whatsoever at this stage of the season, but, um, no. you know, we've got to remember these positions so that later on in the season we can see how well they've done, etc. Um, yeah. But yeah, Saltash leading the way, undefeated after six games. Yeah, excellent, mate. Good old crackers, mate. Doing all right, taking to management well, isn't he? <laughs> excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, was it four wins, Biggs? Yeah. Was it four wins, two. Yeah. Two draws. Brilliant. Two draws. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit more about the, the Helston League win over Falmouth. Um, it finished obviously two one, the same as the FA Cup result on Saturday. Were you surprised that Falmouth didn't win at least one of them? Uh, I was hoping that would be the case, Deeks. If I'm honest, um, I was hoping. You know, it's not ideal, is it, mate? Playing a team twice in four days, ne- never have like that, mate. I always think you, you you do really well to win both, don't you? But yeah, I was sort of hoping, mate. I, I think Tone's obviously missing Wardy at the back, mate. You know, he's a mm. massive influence in deep, you know, in a, in a game, you know, two visits to Callaway Park, mate. You, that's when you want your Wardies available, isn't it, mate, really? And and obviously JB, uh, JBE, mate, Jack, he's he's out with his hamstring, mate, isn't he? Obviously missing him as well. So, yeah, a bit disappointed, Deeks, but not overly surprised, I'm I suppose, mate, and I suppose it's good for Alston, mate. Both their strikers are doing well, aren't they? You know, Ricky had two in the first game, didn't he? And, and you know, the second game, Ruben had two, mate. So I suppose, you know, it's good for good for Alston that the, the strikers are, you know, on form, bang informed. Just not against Falmouth, mate, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, obviously I was at the Tuesday game uh, commentating for Parent Films, and I, I have to say I, I thought Falmouth were were worth a draw at least on that uh, from that game but um, but yeah. that's the way it goes and you're spot on with James Ward that Falmouth had so many corners and James yeah. is really the, their player to aim for isn't he from corners he is isn't he Dix? he's such a big I always think Wardy's such a big influence in both boxes isn't he mate mm. set pieces isn't he he's, yeah big miss mate big miss but you know, I suppose a lot of teams have been missing players. They something, you know, Westley got a good squad there, mate. You know, gives the youngsters a chance, I suppose, to play and things. And yeah. it seems like they're doing quite well, doesn't it, mate? So yeah, probably doing you know. better than we we're expected. Yeah, that's right, mate. I think they've hit the ground sort of running at that level, really, Diggs, aren't they? You know, I thought it thought it might take them a bit longer, but you know, I suppose one disappointment, and you know, I suppose. From Westy's point of view, they can take the positives out of, out of that, really, mate, can't they? And, you know, just when, when the full squad's back, you know, look, looks more than capable, like we could... Well, sorry, mate, I say we. I've, I've got to be neutral, Diggs, and I, sorry, mate. Well, you uh, haven't got to be neutral. Like, you can, you know... You have... uh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I don't think there's any secret on the form for town, man, Diggs. But, but look, yeah, it looks like we, you know, could hold our own at that level, I think, mate. You know, I think town's done all right, really. I mean, a couple of disappointments, but not really been um, sort of hammered by anyone, Diggs, or anything like that, we? No. I think, you know, considering what, what the team sheet Westies at, I mean, that game we was at, Diggs, we was up this score, weren't we? Watching a game and we saw the team sheet from the Millbrook game, didn't we? And, mm. 
you know, it was quite unrecognisable, really, Diggs, wasn't it, for, for, for town, really, over the last few seasons. So, you know, I think Westies can take some positives out of they've done, still done quite well, top half of the league, mate, with all these sort of injury problems, Diggs. Yeah, that's, um, you know, hope for Falmouth. But um, for the moment, let's find out from Helston's midfielder, Steve Colwell, what he made of it. Uh, tough game. As always against Falmouth, you know they're they're a top team, um, and particularly difficult given that we we played them on uh, Saturday. Um, so kind of getting to know each other quite well now. But fortunately, we've uh, we've become well victorious both both times. So two one, uh, we'll definitely take it. As I say, it's a, it's a tough fixture. So to get the win in the cup and then uh, a really important three points tonight means means quite a lot. Ruben Wilson seems to be uh, well. He's got that goal-scoring knack at the moment, hasn't he? Yeah, he's definitely a hit with us. Um, it's a it's a great signing from Matty. Obviously, we pulled him in. I think the day before the season started, and you know he's hit the ground running. Um, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he's not right up there already for um, one of the top goal scorers in the league. And long may it continue. But with uh, Ricky as well, they've they've really got a, a top partnership. Obviously, we we missed Ricky today, but Ruben stepped up and, and got us the two goals in Victoria. But we've got got the victory through through Rubes. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? How a striker, let's be fair, he wasn't really in the game for a lot of it, was he? And then all of a sudden, he comes alive, scores a goal, and then he, everything he touched almost went in. Yeah, he, I think he did a lot off the board tonight, Rubes, and um, it, he did a really, really important job for us. He dropped in and became almost a, a, a third midfielder for us in front of me and Paney and, and then Matty Bai. He, he worked his socks off, and I did keep telling to him, keep working hard and you'll get your rewards. Unfortunately, you know, two, two really good finishes, and as I say, he's won us a game. Good on him. Tall point Saturday, a bit of a warm-up for the FA Cup the, the Saturday after. What a shame you've got to play them in the Cup, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, with Falmouth back-to-back FA Cup League and it's going to be repeated with Tall Point. Um, but yeah, again, it's another game. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to dig in deep and they're coming thick and fast. We've got obviously Tall Point uh, Saturday, another game on Monday. So um, I can imagine uh, we're going to be uh, using the squad, especially for these old legs anyway. Let's hope so. Yeah, these old legs uh, not helped by the fact you came off slightly injured. Yeah, a little, uh, little bit in the calf. Um, as I say, old, old legs, I think, Dave. But yeah, I, I, yeah hoping there's, there's nothing too bad. So fingers crossed, if I uh, get the, the right sort of treatment on through the week, then um, I'll be available for Saturday. Fingers crossed. How does that actually work? You say treatment during the week. Who does the treatment? Well, we get good advice from Jamie, our physio. Um, you know, we've got people that we can we can lean on for for advice, and you know, it's, it's just everything that you can do at home yourself, really. You know, so um, as I said, I'll drop a couple of text messages to physios, and, and I'm sure they'll give me the the right guidance to to make sure I'm I'm at my most available, if you like, on on Saturday. Never used to be able to do that in the old days uh, when you started playing local football, did you? <laughs> no, no. WhatsApp wasn't even a thing by then, so yeah, with no group chats or whatnot. So, um, no, it's it's developed, and it's credit to to what we've got going on down here at Helston. We've got um, we've got everything at the end of our fingers, really. It's 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 they're leaving no stone unturned it's, it's all laid on for us and it's for us to deliver on the pitch which obviously tough start to the season losing at home to Bridgewater 4-0 but things seem to be coming good now and long may it continue uh, and finally Bridgewater they do look to be the team to beat don't they? yeah and I think they showed that against us they, they took us by surprise um, we were off it don't get me wrong but 
it just goes to show that we were up against a top team. I think they're six from six, are they, so far? So, um, yeah, they've had a, a very strong start to the season. But, um, you know, we have now. That, that game aside, you know, we've picked up. Um, and, like I said, fingers crossed we can, we can keep uh, pulling out results. Yeah, no matter how, how, how you do it, winning is all important. And you just get in a habit, don't you? Yeah, I think we're becoming tough to beat again since the Bridgewater game um, we've we've been working on our shape off the ball um, and we've been getting results fortunately um, we've had to work very hard for the results don't get me wrong um, some some games we've maybe been outplayed a little bit I'll be honest but we've worked hard we've dug in as I say we've been we've been difficult to beat and as I said earlier on we've got Rubes and Ricky who have been bang on it in front of goal so you know, we we stay in the game. Um, as I said, we've worked hard off the ball. I think now we're looking at getting um, going on the ball. Right. Well, good luck Saturday. Thank, thank you very much. Your Cornish. Yeah, that's Steve Colwell talking talking about um, their two-one win on Tuesday in the league against Farmouth. Uh, Halston got another Cornish opponent opponent on Saturday. Torpoint at the Mill. And, uh, well, Farmer through in action in the FA Vars against St. Alstor. That's the only Western League Cornish clubs playing on Saturday for some reason. And then Bank Holiday Monday, Rappo. There's a full fixture for our Cornish sides. Ashton and Backwell play Farmouth. And uh, all the other Cornish clubs are at home. Helston play Sherbourne. Millbrook home to Shepton Mallet. Mousel play Street. Sodash against Bitten. And Torpoint play Welton, so um, strange they're all at home, isn't it? I thought that it's yeah, a little bit disappointing in a way, mate. You know, to have like Torpoint and Millbrook at home, isn't it, on the same? Yeah, on a bank holiday know, Monday as well. Yeah, yeah, because what sort of crowd there is, it might be split up between those two out that way, mightn't it? You know, and be got, better if yeah, and Saltash at home as well. So you know, yeah. Exactly, Deeks. Throw that into the mix as well, mate. It's, yeah, a little bit disappointing in a way, Deeks. But but I suppose, I guess, at least the clubs are have to travel on a bank holiday Monday, were they? Except for town, really, mate. <laughs> yes. Got that trip up to sort of Bristol way, haven't they? Yeah. But, yeah, I suppose that's the only good thing about it, mate. But, yeah, yeah, it seems a shame, mate, doesn't it? They're all at home. Yeah. Really. And all games... Oh, I suppose Millbrook's got the most difficult match, but... Um, the, the sides are at home. All all games that they should win, really, isn't it? It's exactly, Deeks. Yeah, I was just looking at it then, mate. Think thinking exactly the same thing, mate. Yeah, I think even town, mate, at Ashton and Batwa. I know they're quite a tough old nut to crack, as Mose all sort of found out, aren't they? Up at, at home on their own pitch, they are quite. Mm. But you know, I wouldn't put Thormouth, put, put it past Thormouth winning that one, mate, on the day and. But yeah, definitely Millbrook got the toughest one of the, the lot there, mate, didn't they? And interesting, just very quickly, Helston scored six in the league, Wilson on five, Shepherd on one. Where are they going to get their other goals from? Yeah, I know, mate. That, that is the worry, isn't it? I, I think at the minute, if it does dry up a little bit for... I mean, obviously, Ricky's got a suspension coming up as well, hasn't he? Um, yeah, well, he's already out. That's why he didn't play on Tuesday. Oh, he's, oh, yeah, of course, mate, of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it does worry you a bit, Dick. So, you know, you can't expect, you know, player as, as class as he is, mate, like Steve and that, to, you can't expect players like that to 
you, you know, score 10, 15 goals, can you? I think they're missing that, what they've had, like, over the last couple of seasons. They have had sort of midfielders that chip in with a lot of goal sticks, aren't they? They seem mm. to be missing that at the minute, don't they? Mm. Something to work on. Tyler Elliott or, yeah, Billy Tucker type player digs, isn't it? Yeah. If you want to hear more about Cornish football, you've come to the right place. From the Southern League to the Trelawney. We've got you covered. Okay, so that's Western League for the moment. Um, South West Peninsula League, well, let's just ask the man himself, Secretary Phil Hiscox, what's the mood like in the Peninsula camp? Well, people play the games and the weather isn't quite as hot, so everybody's pretty happy, I think. (laughs) He's sure about that. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy. Well, that's, that's plenty, plenty of managers seem to get hot under the collar of things, but <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, that's what counts. Provide you're happy, we don't worry about anything else. But um, no. some high-scoring results last Saturday, particularly in the West Division, wasn't there? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, lots of goals around. I have to say, I don't think I saw many of them, but uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, in particular, I, I thought the one that um, I was particularly surprised about was the fact that St Austell went into the game against Weybridge having not conceded a goal, and they let in seven. Yes, very odd, isn't it? Yeah, three clean sheets on the trot, and then lose nil seven at home. It's, um, it's a funny old game, as um, <laughs> as an ex-famous player used to say. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, where did you actually go last Saturday? I've only had a quiet week this week, listeners. I've only done four games in three counties, you know, since oh, we last spoke. Is that all? Yeah, that's all, yeah. Uh, Halland versus Shirehampton on Friday night. Uh, as part of my sort of introduced myself to, to some Western League clubs, and it's nice to get into Bristol and see a couple of clubs there. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, uh, sorry, Saturday, then a little bus ride across the border to Bude versus Dogwalls. Um, I have to, for people who haven't been to Bude this season, I can recommend the pasties. Homemade, you know. Homemade? Homemade, they, homemade, they were lovely. Goodness. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about the game, though? Was that... Oh, the, oh, the game was rubbish. But the homemade pasties, that was... <laughs> the pasties made up there, right, OK. Uh, actually, funny enough, the, the Bude manager, Josh Allen, contacted me afterwards uh, about something, and I sort of said, well, you, did, you just about deserved the win, but you made hard work of it. And he came back and said, yes, not our best performance. Mm. <laughs> uh, um, I'm getting a bit of stick from him at the moment because uh, my predictions don't favour Bude very, very much. So he, he takes great enjoyment in uh, letting me know that fair enough fair enough um, <laughs> so that was beautiful uh, Tuesday night I had a sort of well still a bit of a trip for me Elberton 2 Dartmouth 3 haven't seen either of those two and then a longer night out on Wednesday for St Blasey Force and Dennis Nell right now you so. went to an East game on Tuesday we've got Kevin Miller on the podcast this week um, and he gives us a little bit of a feel about what's happening in the East. Um, how do you look at it so far? I know it's early days, but um, what's your thoughts so far? Ivy Bridge going to run away with it or what? Potentially. They, 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 I, I can't exactly be accused of giving them an easy start. They've played Oakhampton and Brixham and Bridport in the first five games. So I, I, I didn't do them any favours fixture-wise, and they've played five and won five. So they, they look the real deal. Um, 
from what I've seen as well, Newton Spurs look a good team. O'Campton, although Ibridge have beaten them, are a good team. Brixham are a good team. So I think the East is actually bubbling up quite well. Because I suppose the other interesting thing in the East is, although traditionally people have said the West has been stronger than the East, the last couple of years, with so many Cornish teams going up, the Devon teams haven't been going up. And I think actually potentially this season, the East is a very strong league. Oh, right. you know, there's people like Axminster um, got a good experienced squad there's some, some fairly strength in depth as is probably demonstrated by the fact that Bridport are, are bottom <laughs> you know, coming from the, the league above and, and still you know, not, not touching the sides really in, in that division mm. so lots of good things to look forward to um, I have to ask you this why do you call Newton Abbott Spurs Newton Spurs? Uh, just to abbreviate it with Twitter mainly, because <laughs> you only know so many characters. <laughs> oh, you social media yeah. man! Uh, at yeah. least I don't make the mistake of which uh, quite a few people did, and I did spot another one this week where somebody called uh, spells Newton Abbott, the Abbott, with two T's. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a common one. I, oh, I, I know. see that all the time. I, I always have to check it twice, and Shepton Mallet is another one. So yes, uh, I know they're yes. not in the peninsula, but Shepton Mallet is another one that always... Is it one T, two Ts or what? But, yeah, yeah. And there are other people that call Biddeford, Biddeford Town, when it's not. It's Biddeford AFC. Yeah. There's and, so many of these around. And Barnstable with a B at the end and not yes, a T. Yes, Barnstable. Barnstable, <laughs> not Barnstable. <laughs> yes. Uh, Oakhampton, O-A-K, I've seen a few times as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I've yeah. seen it rather than O-K-E. <laughs> right. Yeah. OK. So... <laughs> Talking about East against, or comparing East with West, this is a good week to do it, I guess, because um, FA Vars, it throws up, what, four inter-division games? Yeah, it, it, it's odd, isn't it? In the previous years, we've often sort of said that this round of the Vars is quite boring because the same teams draw each other. And although we've got, like you say, four all-league ties, all four of them are East or West playing each other, which at least adds a bit to the variety, doesn't it? That's right. Um I mean, just looking at those four, Bobby Tracy against Newquay. Well, I watched Newquay this week, and I have to say, if Bobby Tracy don't win that game, there's something wrong, unless Newquay pick up some form from somewhere. Right, well, it's worrying you said that, because that's where I'm going on Saturday. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I haven't seen Newquay yet this season. I'd have to say, Bobby Tracy haven't had the best start, so although they've, they've probably had some quite hard fixtures that, that they lost in the week as well, but they were away to Newquay at Spurs. Oh, so um, you, could, you could be in for a cracker there then. But, could um, be in for a cracker there. <laughs> so, um, but you're right. You've got Dobbles, Elberton. That, that could go either way. Elmore, St Blazy. You've got to tip St Blazy for that one because Elmore are quite low in the east and, and St Blazy are flying in the west, aren't they? Um, and Weybridge, Columpton. I would have said Weybridge, but Columpton have found some form now. Yes. That's true. Now, you, you watched it Blazy this week as well. Uh, is there any truth you're going for the managerial post down there, or what? Uh, no, no. I, I think uh, I, people always sort of say when I catch the train, they give them a little clue as to where I'm going. And uh, it's, it's rather oddly on Saturday, I a, a little tweet uh, that I was on a double-decker bus heading into Cornwall, um, and... and uh, Andy Old at Weybridge asked if I was going to St Austell and as far as I know there isn't a bus for Exodus <laughs> St Austell so I don't think that was very likely somehow on the bus yeah, yeah I, I saw that as well I must admit I had to read it twice to see if I'd missed something or not but, uh... yeah yeah
Where where are you going to be watching this week? Then? Right, a busy week, actually. Five games in the next five? seven days. Well, of course, uh, bank holiday five. Monday, is it? Or? Well, yeah, it's a bit of a bank holiday. It was Friday night, uh, Axminster versus Sidmouth. Uh, the El Jurassico, as they call it. Jurassico <laughs> right. uh, Derby. Right. Um, that uh, sort of shuffled in the fixture as a couple of them are on Saturday because both teams got buys in the bars. Ah, right. um, and I think the reserves were home on the Saturday, so rather than just disturb things, we stuck that on the Friday night. Uh, Saturday, FA Vars, Bobby Tracy, Newquay. Chance to see Newquay. Uh, Monday, I'm off on my sort of next adventure on the Western League event uh, trail with uh, an invite to Barnstable Town versus Cadbury Heath. All right. Uh, so that one there. Uh, Tuesday, a bit more local, and I'll, I'll see Kevin Miller for that one. Sidmouth Town versus O'Campton Argyle. Right. And then uh, Wednesday, where am I going Wednesday? Oh, yes. Yes, I've got a, a lift to Wendron. Wendron versus St. Blasey. Ah, St. Um, again. Uh, well, yeah, but if Wendron are listening, um, or anybody from Wendron is listening, roll out the red carpet that the... the chap who's given me a lift, uh, Martin Donwell, he's uh, the match day secretary at Taunton Town. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, over the last couple of years, decided to, all, all grounds that he's visited on a Saturday, go, he's going back to, to watch a game under floodlights. Oh, right. uh, Now, a year or so ago, Wendron were due to play at home to St. Austell. It was a rainy afternoon. I phoned Peter Thorne about three times, saying, are you sure this game's going to be on, Peter? <laughs> And he assured me that the weather was fine down there. Yes, it will be on. And we drove, uh, hit Barton from Taunton, picked up in Exeter. We drove to Wendron. We drove into the car park at Wendron at about 7 o'clock, just as they were turning the floodlights off because the referee had postponed it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're, we're coming back. So we, right. we expect royalty. It never rains in Wendron. <laughs> well, I did that night, for sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So you've got a full programme for the next week, by the Yes. Um, yes. How many goals are you going to see in total? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say, though, I've had a very, very busy August. I think that will take me to something, you know, very approaching nearly 20 games in August which is incredibly busy for the first month of the season. You need to get a life. I, I do, I do. I'm a very sad man. Right, thank you very much, Phil. No worries. <laughs> You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Yeah, I mean, 20 games in August for Phil, mate. In August, you know, in one... I mean, that's... I've only done 18, Deeks, and that's including pre-season games, mate. That is... <laughs> I mean... Yeah, fantastic commitment from Phil Deeks, isn't it? I mean, I think that's why, you know, we all hold him in such high regard, Deeks, isn't it? And along with the fact he's brilliant at what he does, obviously, mate, isn't he? So, well done, Phil, again, really, Deeks, isn't it? The Phil Hiscock's Appreciation Society, Deeks, <laughs> we're all in, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's been a busy man, that's for sure. And, um, well, he, he's seen a few goals, but... Um, he was a bit low to predict how many goals he's going to see in his next five games over the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't think he's reached last season's standards yet, Diggs, has he, for goals? No, perhaps but, that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, no doubt he will, mate, will he? He'll, he'll, uh, the amount of games Phil sees, but he's got a good chance of 
seen about 500 goals again, mate, hasn't he, I think. Yeah. Now, <laughs> talking about goals, what about the goals on Saturday? I mean, look at the results. You've got Wade Bridge, obviously you were at 1-7-0 yeah. against St. Austin. You've got Liskard winning 6-0. I was at the St. Blasey game at Sticker, which was 5-0 to the league leaders. Uh, Callington yeah. won five one at Camelford, so there were lots of goals around, weren't there? There were a lot of goals, takes on there at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, crazy game at St Ulster it was, takes because to be honest, you know, Weybridge were one nil up and, and good for it, and then St Ulster had sort of twenty minutes of pressure really, takes. I thought they were the better side. You could see them getting the equaliser really, and Weybridge sort of got their second on the break. Lovely move, was well, ended up with Jack's header, mate. It, it was a lovely goal. And, and after that, really, mate, it was a sort of different... It's funny how one goal changes a game, Deeks, isn't it? You know, you could sort of... You could see sort of Weybridge heads, chins lift up, and some hostels go down, really, and second half, it was... Yeah, you know, I'd say possession-wise, Deeks, it was probably a 50-50 game, but ended up 7-0. You know, I felt, I felt for Sparky, if I'm honest, mate, but, but I suppose you get them games, don't you, mate, sometimes, you know, everything... Weybridge were clinical, really digs, ruthless, really, and, and St. Ulster sort of, you know, got around the edge of the box and was taking shots from 20 yards, you know, never going to beat Rob Rosevear from there, I don't think, digs 20, 30 yards, so just one of them days, mate, really. Yeah, that was the shock scoreline, so 7-0. Um, yeah. St. Ulster saw Neil Slateford back during the summer, and uh, so I thought let's catch up with him for the podcast. Um and have a progress report on his return to Polterre. How's it going, Slates? Um, good. Well, yeah, good, good so far. I would say, apart from one result, obviously, I, I missed the first couple of, couple of games. I was on holiday. Um, kept three clean sheets. Uh, won all three games. Obviously, took a bit of a bit of a hammer in from Weybridge, but they played really well, and we didn't. So, credit to them. Um, we drew during the week as well. So it's yeah, pretty good start. Three wins, draw and a loss. I think. If you'd asked Sparks or myself that at the start of the season, we would have definitely taken it. So, yeah, yeah, positive and a long way to go as well. Interesting game coming up on Saturday uh, in the Vars and uh, down at Falmouth. Now, first of all, though, are you going to be playing? I am not going to be playing, unfortunately. In the had to come off against Sticker in the week, and I've um, I've had got a, a small medial ligament. Strain, so no, I won't be playing Saturday. Unfortunately, probably be two to three weeks. I'll be on the sideline, but um, yeah, I got to miss that because it's a uh, you know a lovely ground to play play at. Um, good support down there as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm gutted for that really, but I'm sure the boys will, will step up and enjoy it as well. And of course, the FA Vars uh, special memories for you. Yeah, again, talking of. Um, you know, memories and fun times, yeah. An unbelievable run we had in that that competition. I'm not sure anyone will sort of replicate that locally for a while. I might be wrong. Obviously you've got you've got some Western League clubs now who are very well suited to it. So yeah, we had a unbelievable run, got to the semi final and played really well that season. So yeah, it's a it's a really, really special cup competition, especially if you can get a few away trips and get through, you know, into a few rounds. It's a it's a great competition. Great competition. Can you remember that rain you had in the in the second leg of the semi final? <laughs> Absolutely torrential, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I'm surprised. Well, you know, if we hadn't travelled so far, 
that game surely would have been called off. Surely. <laughs> I mean, sort of, sort of forget that we actually won that game as well. I know. And we it, actually won it as well. I can remember walking back to the station absolutely soaking wet. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was awful, wasn't it? I've never seen rain like that. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. O- on the pitch, the FA Vars, as you said, special competition. Um, and, uh, well... I can't let uh, you go without asking. Also, is this uh, is this injury going to put back your training for the marathon? Oh, good. well, that that has been my major worry. To be perfectly honest, um, physio said I'll be okay to run like straight line stuff in about a week. So no, not too much. Um, with five weeks to go, that was yeah. I was very very nervous about that. But yeah, I'll just. Have a week off. I, I can go on the bike and stuff anyway, so I'll get on the bike and I'll be fine. All good. Right, well, we'll keep fingers crossed for that. You're doing it for charity, aren't you? I am indeed, yeah. The um, Pancreatic Cancer UK, um, which I know I've explained before, but it's what my, my dad had. He was quite well known in Cornish football. So if anyone wants to sponsor me, I will be putting up my uh, my links on sort of Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. So any any sort of donation would be wonderfully received right great stuff we will be looking out for that and uh, we'll mention it uh, a bit closer to the time in the meantime uh, Neil get back to the children how many children have you got at your um, I have got school? three coaches here today and I've got 55 children 8.30 till 4.30 oh good luck so yeah not, not good for the knee really moving around like that but you know if they're happy I'm happy I guess right great stuff thanks very much thanks Dave take care mate bye your Cornish soccer podcast yeah, that's Neil Slateford there, um, Sunnall-Stall midfielder who um, who was, well, was he in action on Saturday? I don't know, surely he wasn't, as they lost 7-0, but anyway. Um, he's still playing well, Dick Slates, mate. He still catches your eye, doesn't he? He's, he's a lovely footballer, Slates, mate, isn't he? He's still, yeah, it's good, mate, actually, because like, you had Chris Resky, you know, on Weybridge's team and oh, yeah. Slates on Sunnall-Stall, mate, yeah. And, and they're like sort of two of my favourite players over the last sort of, 10 years in Cornish football dig so still both class on the ball mate. I, don't, I don't think either one of them give the ball away all game digs really but yeah just one of them games really mate from a Sunostal point of view digs they'll be back they'll be back right no, um, <laughs> I'll tell you who I thought was class on Saturday so Blazy first of all I was yes. disappointed with Sticker I, I you know heard good things about them whether it's because yeah. of the opposition or I don't know, but um, that certainly it yeah. was a, an off day for them. But River Allen, I thought he just strolled it, really. He's one of them players like, that just, he does, like you said, mate, he does just make it look easy, doesn't he? He just seems to stroll through the game and like pinging balls around, you know, 50 yards or five yards and, you know, getting forward, you know, probably have a few pops at goal. He just seems to do enough when he wants to do it like Deeks, doesn't he? Mm. He seems to find the game. I always said that about George Torrance Deeks, you know, my old former captain Deeks, and obviously, you know, you know, Turbo as well, mate. I mean, I always thought that about George, mate. He just, he just had that other gear when he needed it, mate. You know, he just used to stroll through games and make it look so easy. Like, we was all trying really hard, and George would just make it look so easy. He always reminded me, like, of a under-16 player playing in an under-13 football day. <laughs> if you know what I mean, it was just so easy for him. Yeah, it must be lovely to have that sort of ability, Diggs, isn't it? Like, like, like you said, like River's got, mate, hasn't he? Yeah. 
Now, alternates of Blazy Luke Cloak, we've mentioned him recently. We weren't sure how many goals he might get. He got two on Saturday, and he's followed that up with two midweek against St. Dennis. Yeah, bang a few in, didn't he? I think the fixtures have been fairly favourable, mate, you know, for a for a striker in a top size, but, but you've still got to put the ball in the net, Deeks, haven't you? So well done to Luke, mate, yeah, well done. And what about Bude? Now, Josh Allen keeps sending re- yeah. me reminders that obviously my <laughs> predictions are absolutely rubbish. Um, they've got I'm off to... I'm glad Josh ain't got my number, Deeks, <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got off to a great start, haven't they? Fantastic, mate, yeah, fantastic. What can you say, mate? You know, and the, and the good wins as well, Deeks, you know, like Launson. I mean, Launson went down to Mully and, you know, spoke to Neil the other week, Deeks, didn't he? A lovely interview with Neil. And, you know, I think he was looking forward to that Mully and trip, mate, wasn't he? Yeah. And they went down there, only lost 1-0. And you, you can see, like, shreds of improvements in, in sort of Launson's results, Deeks. And then Bude go up, Panigillum in midweek and win 4-1, mate, didn't they? So... Mm. Credit where it's due, Deeks, isn't it, really? Pewter, Pewter, the real deal, mate, isn't it? Real deal, mate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Now, Saturday, Bude at home to St. Dennis. Penzance home to Sticker and Wendron against Lanson. They're, they're the only league games because, obviously, there's FA Vaz involvement. Bude should win that one, shouldn't they? Let's pile it on. Bude are going to win this game easily, aren't they? I don't know, Deeks, actually. I, I got St. Dennis are all right, mate. You know, I've, I've seen St. Dennis a couple of times, Deeks, and, and they're all right, mate. I think Simon's doing a pretty good job there, actually, mate. I think there's, there's you know, there's there's roots there, Deeks. There's roots there for something to grow at St. Dennis, I think, Deeks. You know, obviously, you know, they've had some tough old games. I mean, you know, Wendram at home Saturday and probably Waverage away the other week, Deeks, and Blazy, you know, this week, that, I mean, that's three pretty old games to start your season off with, mate, isn't it? But, mm. but I honestly think, you know, they, they've been to Pe- they've gone to Penzance Deeks and come away with a free one, haven't they? And you know, I, you would fancy Bill Deeks, you know, to answer your question. But I, th- I think St Dennis might be right this season, Deeks. I've got a feeling they'll pick up a few wins, mate, along the way. Right. They're not to be scoffed at, I don't think, Deeks. Right. Not to be scoffed at. Yeah. Right. Now, obviously, FA Vars action, uh, we've got, what have we got? We've got eight games involving Peninsula clubs. Um, as far as the Cornish sides are concerned, Bob Moon home to Odd Down could win that one, couldn't they? I think they will, Dick, yeah. I, I think I saw enough last night, mate, to suggest that Bob Moon could, could win that one, Dick, yeah. I don't think Odd Down are too many great shakes these days mate you know they sort of self-relegated themselves mate didn't they yeah I think they did didn't they yeah. was, it, was that the season yeah. before last or this or the yeah, last yeah I think it was the 20th season before yeah. last year Bobby Tracy against Newquay I don't think it's going to be a 6 all thriller <laughs> no mate neither team have it any great heights yet Leeks have they to be honest but oh. maybe Newquay can turn it on on the day mate I've still got big faith in those Three Penrin lads, mate, that have signed for Nuki. <laughs> right, OK. Bit of a shock last night. I know you was there, Deeks, weren't you? Bit of a shock, but... Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the Lion chocolate bar was a little bit more exciting than the game, to be honest, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, that was all right, Deeks. Was that a £5 meal deal, wasn't it, mate? £5 meal deal, yeah. Sausage roll or pasty, a um, hot drink and a chocolate bar. Camelford against Ilfracombe. Yeah, don't hold out too much hope for that one, Deeks, do you? You know, good luck to Reg and that, mate, but 
Ilfra Coombe, good side these days, Deeks, aren't they? Western League. Yeah, I was just looking to see where they are. Although, well, they've had a, well, they've played three, won one, drawn one, lost one in the Western League, so haven't set the world alight, but um, nor have Camelford yet, have they? No, sorry, Deeks, I was having a sip of me orange. Um, No, they haven't, mate. Yeah, it'd be a tough one to win, I think, that one, mate. Never know, though, mate. Never know. Never know. Camelford's done it before, Deeks, haven't they? They beat Western League sides before yeah, in true. the bars up there, mate. Yeah. It's cut football. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Doubles against Alberton Villa. This is obviously uh, West against East. Yeah, that's another 50-50 really, Deeks, isn't it? That one, like, you know, doubles were... I don't know if I could say imp- I don't know if I was impressed with me the other night, Deeks, but I thought they, they're good at what they do, Deeks. They're, you know, quite... Physical, you know, quick to press. Callington the other night, mate, shut them down. To be fair, mate, you scored two beauty goals out of three. You know, I think it's there, mate. It's possible. Um, capable, mate. I think they are, mate. Capable. Yeah. Because Albert, Albert and I really got for the best of starts, mate, have they? No, that's right. Played six. They only won one game. So um, I would imagine Dobbles would be disappointed if they don't go through. Um, yeah. Farmouth against St Austin, we've already touched on slightly. Um, that's going to be a tricky one for St Austin, isn't it? I think. I think so, Deeks. Yeah, after you know, I mean, probably not a bad time to play Farmouth if they got a few players out, Deeks, from a St Austin sort of point of view. But yeah, I think to go to Bicklin and and yeah, beat Town in the Vaz mate, would be a bit of a tall order, mate. After a couple of, you know, like you say, a 7-0 last week and a, and a 2-all midweek, mate, you know, a couple of disappointing results for Sparky, mate, you, you can't see him really going to Falmouth and getting anything deeps, can you? No. Really. Godolphin, home to Barnstable, another tricky one yeah. for the Peninsula side. Yeah, that's hell of a ask, isn't it, mate? That's, that's hell of a tall order, that one, I think, mate. I'd, you know, good luck to Popey, mate, and, and Godolphin for that. It's a free hit, Deeks, isn't it, that one? I think, mate, yeah. I don't think anyone would expect Godolphin to win that, would they, really? No, true. So, that, that's that's the good thing, isn't it? They can go into it and they can't lose, really, can they? No, exactly, mate. Yeah, just go into it and enjoy it, mate. And if they lose 4-0, there won't be any eyebrows raised, Deeks, will there? So, <laughs> you know, just go in and enjoy it, mate. Yeah, give it a shot, mate. Yeah. Waybridge, yeah. Waybridge, here we go. Waybridge, home to Columpton. Yeah. Well, well, I would have said, look, Phil, I think they agree with Phil because Columpton lost their first three games, Deeks, and now they're on a three-match winning streak, mate, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I know Rower went up to Oldsworthy to watch them last night, Deeks, and, and Columpton won 4-1 at yeah. the Upcott Field, Deeks. Yeah. So, yeah, not an easy place to go home in 4-1, really, so... And he, and he said they were they were decent, you know, quite direct. Um, I won't give too much away, Deeks, because I think the Weybridge got a game plan, mate. But I don't <laughs> think it'd be an easy one, Deeks. So, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago I would I would have said I quite fancy Weybridge, but I mean, if they play anything like they did last week at St Austell, Deeks, some of the football they strung together there was was lovely to watch, mate. So. Yeah, you know, you can get rest on the ball and all. I know the pitch is still pretty hard and barren at Weybridge. Deeks, not not too conducive to lovely football, really, Deeks. But but yeah, hopefully if Weybridge can sort of um, you know play their football, mate, hopefully it'll counteract Columpton's sort of more direct style and and they can they can nick it. Hopefully, Deeks. Right, string it together. 
on the day. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, mate. I'm thinking about four out of eight digs to go through, aren't you? I'm uh, thinking about half and half. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, we've, we've got one more game to, to just touch on. Elmore plays St. Blasey against another um, East versus yeah. West. And um, only one winner in this one. Yeah, I, I think that's the banker, isn't it? If I was a betting man, Dix, <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> that, that would be me banker for the day, I think, mate. Blasey at Elmore, mate. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. that game. I've got a... Are you going, mate? Yeah, I've been invited by Phil Lafferty to go and watch St. Blasey play Elmore. So I've taken him up uh, on the offer because I, I like, I love an FA Vars trip. So, uh, yeah, you do like the Vars, Dix, don't you? I must admit, it's, it has got something special about it, Dix, hasn't it? I've just got two goals, mate, in an FA Vars game at Elmore, Dix. Oh, right. For, New, for Nuki. Well, Many moons ago, and we lost four or three, mate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ray was fuming. Fuming. <laughs> threw it away. Threw it away. What's it called again, Dick? What's, what's Elmore's... Not Horston's? Horsten, is it? Oh, I can't remember that. Nice grain, though, mate. Nice grain. Played there twice, actually, Dick. Played there twice. Yeah, you were oh, nearly right, actually. Good. What did you say? Um, what the, uh, I've got a feeling something in my head, like Horstein's Park or something. Oh, that's uh, uh, unlucky. Horston Park. Horston, that's it, Horston, mate. Yeah, that's right. yeah. I remember seeing the sign as you drive in. Nice little, yeah, nice ground, mate. I think you, have you been out before, Deeks? I've driven past it, but I haven't watched the game there, no. Oh, right, yeah, nice little setup, mate. Well, obviously, a long time ago when I went there, Deeks, <laughs> but they were Western League then, mate, but, um, but yeah, I remember us being three one up, mate, and I think Andy Street scored in the first minute, Dicks. We played hell of a while for about an hour and we lost four three. Capitulated we did, mate. Because Ray never used to lose his temper, mate, and I remember that game, mate, he was absolutely fuming, Dicks. Fuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, four three. Out the vase, mate, out the vase. Right. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. the Vars, yeah, so you reckon probably about half of the teams will be going through, yeah. Um, yeah, I for half, Dicks. We could do with a few surprises like um, Godolphin beating Barnstable and uh, yeah. Camelford beating Yulfakum, I think. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, mate. Okay. Be nice. Uh, just a couple of midweek games. Um, Camelford home to Bodmin, Godolphin home to Mullion on Tuesday, then on Wednesday. St. Dennis play Newquay, Wendron at home to St. Blasey, and Weybridge play Callington. That Wendron-St. Blasey game looks intriguing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the game of the night, Deeks, isn't it? Yeah. I'll be at Weybridge, obviously, mate. I finished Wednesday morning, mate, so worked out lovely, that is. But, but yeah, yeah, if you was a sort of neutral, Deeks, that's the game to go to, isn't it? Wendron-Blasey, mate, isn't it? Yeah, could well be. Right. Mm. Now, yeah. we've touched on a couple of the sides from the East, uh, the South West Peninsula League East Division. Let's hear from a manager. Um, we mentioned Kevin Miller when I was talking to Phil. This is what the O'Camptons manager had to say on the season so far. You had a great start, but um, I'm not going to mention the last two games. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we, we, we had a great pre-season. Uh, we've got a core of players that live in O'Campton. Um, and we've got a really close-knit group of players. Um, we've picked up a couple of injuries, um, which we're always going to struggle with because 
the location of us and the geographically is very difficult to get players in because we're not big players. The chairman works off a budget um, and we try and get players in. And like I say, we've got we've got two or three real well factor players in the team, um, and we're very solid. We we do need strengthening. And we have been trying to do that myself and Kev Thomas, my assistant, have been trying to do that over the last 10 days. But, you know, we're, we're competitive. Um, you know, it, it will be a season where, you know, we'll win a couple, lose a couple because it's a very, very strong league, the East League. There's probably eight teams that, you know, are looking for those top four slots. Um, and it will be a case of, you know, if we can get a couple in the strength and, and we can go from strength to strength. We've got a couple of young lads in. Um, that will will improve for sure, um, and like I say, we, we we the core of the side and the strength is is pretty good, but we just need to add a little bit because, like I say, in you know you've got teams in Plymouth and um, Newton Abbott that can pull from different areas. I mean, we played Ivy Bridge uh, last Saturday that w- were fantastic, lovely football team, some comfortable players on the ball, very comfortable. Uh, and I was really impressed with the way they played. Um, and you know, if we if we can get, because I've got a couple of players that are playing at a position which I can see isn't quite right, but it is what it is. And I'm giving the players every opportunity to own their shirt, if you like, and hopefully they'll um, they'll come good. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, everyone looks at the league table at this stage of the season, but it doesn't really count for much yet, does it? But when when do we? When do you think? Uh, you know, how many games into the season do you think that's when it gets important? Well, I think once we we you know we get round, we try and watch some of the games. Myself and Kev, we try and watch other teams playing, uh, see what they're about, see you know see see where they are. Um, I, I would certainly say it's got to be probably. 10, 12, 15 games maybe in. I mean, there's still plenty of time because there's so many teams that can beat each other in this league. And, you know, there's Torrington, there's Torridge side that they can pull from Biddeford and, and I, uh, you know, and a couple of teams up around that coastal area. They can pull players in, you know, for midweek games. Um, so they, you know, they will strengthen in midweek. So they could be playing someone like Newton Abbott that are going to be up or there or thereabouts, Axminster teams like that that are going to be up there if if they meet a Torridge side or a, a Torrington in a midweek and they've got two or three players in from you know from a, a higher league they could turn them over for sure so I would say you know we're looking at probably 12 to 15 games before we have a you know we the season pans out and has a look at it I mean we've won three lost two so it ain't the end of the world you know we, we've just we've, we've got to bounce back we've got a big game Saturday um I mean, the only downside is we don't have lights at the moment, which we've now got planning permission for. So mm. we won't be playing many midweek games or no midweek games at home. So we, you know, we're, we're basically done unless it's a, an away game now in the midweek. So we'll just be playing Saturday, Saturday, which will give my players time to recover from from injuries and uh, you know and, and tiredness. So we'll be alright. I mean, I, I got I got no qualms. No one's no one's stressing at the club. Um, like I say, we we work off a budget. And we will we will keep improving because we have got good players and training pre-season they were a joy to, to to manage. You know they came in with a smile on their face, they worked their socks off in training. And most players will tell you pre-season can be a bit of a slog, but 
they really enjoyed it. And we played some lovely football pre-season. We beat Houston on the opening game 3-1 at home um, and played very well. Um, the other teams we, we played and comfortably beat. But, you know, it is what it is. So we, we'll, we'll go we'll, we'll go again Saturday and, like I say, hopefully keep improving. And, of course, this season it's the top four that uh, automatically will be going up into the uh, the Step 5 league. How does that... Uh, you, you mentioned the lights situation. How does that uh, affect Oakhampton? Well, um, they've now got planning permission for the lights to go in, so they will be in this at some stage this season. I don't know when they're starting it yet. Possibly around about Christmas time, I think. But we have got planning approved for the lights, so they will go up. Um, so that's the next step for us, and obviously then we can we can look to, to um, try and get into the FA Cup and the FA Vars and stuff like that, which will be obviously a little bit of a money turner for the club, which is beneficial for you know you get through mm. a couple of rounds of the FA the FA Cup, it's worth a few quid, so everything helps for the club. It's a growing club. I mean, like I say, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. Really, we can't really pull players from from Plymouth because certain reasons and, uh, and and the same with Exeter so we, we're trying to get players in that really want to play football want to enjoy their football um, you know and like I've said to all the players if, if another club comes in and, and it's a better opportunity they can all go with my wishes I have no issues with that if they want to if they want to better themselves but it's a good platform down here like I say Kev Thomas is down there uh, so enthusiastic uh, he's my number two Um you know, he, he's constantly on the phone and we're always chatting and, it, it, you know, his love for football, like, hopefully rubs off on the players because he could talk football all day, Kev. And, um, but he's a very good coach and he's helping me immensely with, with a lot of the stuff that he's saying to me and stuff. Because obviously, I, I briefly uh, managed uh, Exmouth a few years ago, which went a bit pear, you know, pear-shaped with the chairman and so forth. So, it's an opportunity I wanted to take because I know the chairman here, Stuart Can, quite well, and um, it's something I'm really enjoying doing. You know, obviously, if we can win a few more, it'd be even more enjoyable. So, <laughs> we'll, that's it goes. Yeah, winning, winning does help. Um, a, a final question. Obviously, we mentioned the top four and the, you know, being involved in promotion. That's going to make the season even more exciting, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you know. Those small places, I mean, like like I said, our league is a really tough league. There's probably eight teams that are looking, thinking they've got a realistic chance of getting in that top four. And, um, you know, we've played Newton Abbott. They, we, we did really well first half against Newton Abbott, but they overpowered the second half um, and went on and, and, and probably deservedly won the game on the second half performance. But we're missing big chances at the moment in vital parts of the game. And if we can get that sorted and we can take our chances, then, you know, defensively, we're, we're not bad. We've probably got the best keeper in the league, I would say, in Aaron, um, for sure. Uh, so we, we've got the, you know, the spine of a very good side. We've got Alex Gray in midfield that's a, a very, very good footballer. Uh, very kind. Reminds me a bit of uh, Craig Sweets, the way he plays. Mm. Sees, sees passes very early, does it very simple, and it always looks like he's got acres of time on the ball so we, we've got we've got players through the side that have got the well factor for sure so we'll see I mean we've got to keep going and like I say top four it's going to be it'll go it'll go to the wire for sure 
you know, no one's going to run away with the league, but there might be sort of a, a little gap between sixth and tenth, maybe, where there's a little gap and there's those two slots available, possibly. But we'll see. I mean, like I say, you've got to keep winning. Um, and this season, it will be. There, there might be cases where players are going to be pulling, you know, teams are going to be pulling other players in because they need that top floor slot. So I'm hoping that a couple of my friends that are in other leagues might do the same for me and help me out a couple of ways in a couple of ways, you know, further <laughs> down the season. But what I what I won't do is bring players in to replace players that have played for me all season. Mm-hmm. If they've been with me all season, I will make sure that they're going to keep playing unless we get injuries or suspensions. Then. I don't really want to be bring, bringing in players in from other teams just to uh, take a place of a player that's been here all year. So I will try and stick to that. Hopefully I will. And, but, you know, who says come towards the end of the season, you know, we need to win a couple of games and we need a couple of big players in. That, that might change <laughs> yeah ok well thanks so much Kev for coming on uh, we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season and um, well keep it going thanks very much take care your Cornish on to the uh, Superior League we go and as usual our man for the East is John Colenso ok John let's go for it Superior League East uh, anything exciting last Saturday to report or what um, there's quite a few goals looking at some scorelines here Dave uh, first one was St Dominic 4 St also reserves 2 uh, usual suspect Kieran Prescott scoring one of St Dom's goals um, reigning champion Saltash Borough won 6-2 against Sticker um, and I did pick out Henry Bunnin scored another 2 mm-hmm. and Derek Lucas scored for Sticker which takes them both to 5 goals in 3 games so they've both um, mm-hmm. got their shooting boots straight back on again following on from last season um, then eight goals at Paul Perro. Paul Perro five, St Morgan three. I think that was St Morgan's first game of the season. They did say that they missed a few chances and were a little bit rusty. Um, and again, Jaden Gilbert scoring two and Cam Patterson scoring two for Paul Perro. So plenty of goals being handed around. And then struggling Lanson up against Millbrook. Uh, Lanson nil, Millbrook four. With, um, I have to say, Finley Harvey Walker scoring a hat-trick for Millbrook. And then last game of the day, Altamans 7, Morwenstone 0. So um, Altamans faltering start has certainly turned itself around now. Um, and Josh Smith scored another two goals for them. So all the goal scorers seem to be getting their shooting boots on earlier this season. Yeah. Are there no defences in this league or what? Uh, don't, uh, defending's boring, isn't it? <laughs> Are you supposed to enter the crowd if you've got defences? <laughs> That's true. Um, only one... Only one 100% record still remaining. That is Saltash United. So, uh, um, but that's probably because they were in action. <laughs> and Paul Perro, three out of three, aren't they? Oh, yes, they are as well. Paul Perro, that's, yeah. that's very yeah, true. Saltash, yeah, yes, Paul Perro were unbeaten at the top, aren't they? Right. Yeah. Um, scored, scored 10 but conceded 6. So, yeah, they need to sort their defence out and keep scoring, don't they? Entertainment value, that's what they would say. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Games coming up then. Um, well, are Paul Perrell in action? Um, on Saturday the 27th, they are. They're playing Saltash Borough. So it should be quite a tight game, I would have thought. Obviously, Saltash Borough being the reigning champions and Paul Perrell at the top at the moment. That would be probably my game of the day, I think. Um, and then we've got Morwenstow are playing Callington Town Reserves. And Altamun and Gunners Lake meet for the first time out of East Cornwall. Yeah, so a couple of interesting matches there. 
Yes, yeah. What would you choose as yours? Uh, I think I'd go along with you in the sense that yeah. Paul Perrow, top of the league, they they would like dearly like to beat last season's champions, wouldn't they? So uh, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keep their hundred percent record. Yeah. And what about midweek? Have we got any games? Um, yeah, we've got two on the Tuesday. Uh, Callington Town reserves against Gunners Lake, so a bit of a local derby. And Launceston reserves against Alton Iron again, a bit of a local derby. <laughs> yeah. So they'll both be uh, floodlit games. And then on the Wednesday, we've got Milbert reserves against Tall Point reserves, another local derby. Yeah, so no excuse for people not to go out and watch those games, is it? Local no, derbies. Right. No, like, not at all. We like local derbies, so... Uh... Yeah, we do, we do. Do we know anything about the hat trick here of Finley Walker that got three from Millbrook, or is he an unknown quantity for us? He's an unknown quantity, I would say, but he's um, yeah, he's certainly putting his name in the hat with the goals, isn't he? So well done to him. Only hat trick of the day out of all those goals. That's the only hat trick. So very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, well done to him. Just uh, three games played on Wednesday, which obviously um, John and I weren't able to talk about. All away wins. St Austell uh, lost four nil to Paul Perro. Um, Jane Gilbert got a hat-trick in that one Rappo and, and Rob Spencer scored we haven't seen that name for a little while have we uh, he scored a few goals Rob on he mate over the years yeah that's right Paul Parrow blowing gigs isn't they Paul Parrow yeah. blowing mate aren't they four games four wins so they're top of the league with yeah. 12 points uh, also on, on Wednesday Callington lost 3-0 at home to Tour Point Josh Payne got a brace in that game and uh, St Morgan won 1-0 at Sticker so uh, yeah they're on their way. So, Popero top, as I said, 12 points out of four games. And then there's about five teams on six points. So, uh, again, early days. But uh, Popero seemed to be the team to beat in the East. What about the West, Rappo? Yeah, these are some interesting um, proceedings, Dix, in the West. I'll tell you what, Dix, I was just looking through earlier. I'm not having a study, but just a general look through. I've come up with a stat here, Dix. Um, <laughs> right. Logan, mate, with, with their draw at Penryn, didn't they? Mm. To all the other night, Dix, didn't they? Yeah. Midway, they they've dropped eleven points in five games, Dix. Right. With that, you know, with losing the, the three points. Yeah. So they've dropped eleven points in five games. Do you know how many points, mate? They dropped all last season in thirty games, winning the league, mate. Uh. Ten. Eleven. Oh, it's right. Insane, so, yeah, so they've dropped in five games, mate. What they dropped in the, in 30 games last season. Three defeats and a draw they had, mate, oh, last dear. season. And one and one the other 26. So that's a bit nuts, that is, mate, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Yeah, I don't know what's actually happening at... Um uh, at Lugan. I know they had a few injuries or whatever, didn't they, a um, couple of weeks yeah. ago. So... Uh, Probably not helping, but your tips today, they seem to be the team, don't they? I think so, Deeds, yeah. I thought, I thought they'd have a bit between their teeth, mate, this season. And, yeah, I, th- I think they want They definitely want to make up for, for letting it slip last season, Deeds. So I do, I do fancy some day this season, mate. They, nothing, nothing more um, 
What's it, mate? Then so- someone's scorned and it takes nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the old day it takes? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I know what you. I know the one you mean. Yeah. But I can't think what it is. Yeah, can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I do fancy some day digs uh, quite quite strongly, mate. Yeah, yeah, I do. Big win, wasn't it? That one at Wendron, four two in midweek. Both teams started off hundred percent records, mate, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Today, um, on top of the table with four games, twelve points, and Wendron are level with them on 12 points, but obviously have dropped that one uh, that that one game they lost on Wednesday to the uh, top side. Parallel, third, three out of three yeah. wins. Lovely to see, mate. Lovely to see that it sticks, I've got to say. And, and uh, I think you said it was a game of the day last Saturday, Diggs. I think you called it, mate, didn't you? And last week's show you said it'd be a good game, and it was, mate, wasn't it? Parallel, three, AL, two. Yeah. But Tregoy, yeah. Uh, delighted for them, Diggs, really. Delighted for them, because they have had a few, probably a few seasons now, Diggs, aren't they, down in the old doldrums a bit, aren't they? Very mm, well. That's right. So, nice to see them going well, mate. Right. So, that's at the top of the table. Um, at the bottom <coughs> of the table, we've got um, Parham Porth, haven't we? Now, there yeah. were, were a few suggestions flying around um, that, and Porth might be struggling for players so we check this out with manager Dan Tomasi that's how you pronounce your surname isn't it like a pro Dave exactly <laughs> like that <laughs> right so your manager of Paranport's first team this season um what is happening tell us please yeah, um, obviously in the last season we had Brian Fisher and Tony Paddock uh, both put an enormous amount of effort into the team, into the squad, trying to trying to build it. I think it was very apparent that Perrin Porth was in a rebuilding job. Uh, there's quite a few clubs in that situation. And uh, despite Brian and Tony's best efforts last year, they, they really did put the work in. They couldn't quite build a squad that was sort of week in week out so it was it was kind of get through each game as it came and just try and put a team out and obviously some some players played a lot but you know there was a lot of changes all the time which never helps the flow of a, a good football team you know you you want to know who you're playing with and, and then you can adapt the strengths of the team but if you're, if you're constantly making all these changes it's very difficult to, to go out and perform to your optimum you know especially if maybe you're introduced to someone you're playing with that day and then you're going out and playing a really well drilled unit like some of these teams are in, in this league you know that there, there is some good football played so you know if you're not together it can it can be exposed quite quickly you know when Brian and, and Tony left at the start of the season um the club came to me who you know I run all that youth size including the 18s um and I was very successful with the 18s last year winning the under 18 premiership with maximum points um got to two cup uh, semi-finals where we lost on penalties we spoke about that on the last pod I was on um and then the, the club asked me if I would step up and, and take the men's team for them so being a club man and uh, loving the club I I stepped up and it's um yeah it's it's a club that I love I, I want the best for it you know it's we're still in a rebuilding job and yeah, we are at the moment trying to build and create a, a, a team and a squad that can take us forward for better or worse, but having a group that's there together playing week in and week out, um, that, that's the aim of it, Dave, anyway. Now, obviously, uh, you've played four league games, you've lost all four, but um, the last two haven't been by particularly 
big scores. Um, but w- what's this that I read that some of your players have left? Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's um, the rebuilding job it is on, and it, it is extremely difficult. You know, it's almost you know at this at this level, I, I thought that recruitment would have been uh, a lot easier. Being at St. Pyrrhus, you know, you would think that you know there'd probably be players dropping down from. Um, you know, Southwestern who can't get in squads looking for some parents' teams, uh, people stepping up from Combo in Dorley Prem in places like that, you know, wanting, wanting to test themselves. Um, but I, I think, you know, the, the league is sort of showing the commitment of the sports down and, you know, that you know, players are very highly sought after. You know, every player has got, you know, lots of clubs chasing them and wanting them and it almost becomes like an auction. You know, if, if someone's offering to, to pay somebody money, you know, which we don't apparent both, um, that, you know, it, it's very difficult to compete, you know, with, with things like that. So, um, we are, we have had, um, players leave that, you know, that, that's correct. Uh, we've also got players, you know, experienced players in that team that are, that are sticking with us and helping. You know, we've got young, young players coming through. You know, we've got a reserve team that's, you know, all the way down in um, Div 4. You know, they're, they're start stepping up and helping. So, you know, we're definitely in the early stages of construction. Um, we want, you know, we want a settled team over there. We want, you know, for better or for worse and then build build around, around that. But, you know... Being all honest with you, Dave, on the table, recruitment is is very difficult for for, for what I just said there about you know the, the general commitment of football, not just in Cornwall but around the country. And then you know you're fighting if someone's willing to give someone forty quid or something. I mean, what, what can what can you offer in that in its place? You know, you can look at your facilities, you can look at the the gear and the kit that the, the boys can use, and you know, but you know when. You know, I, I'm brilliant on the training pitch, you know, but it doesn't seem to be sort of a, um, something I can stack up. It is an, an advantageous thing to, to come in, to come and play, if you know what I mean. So, um, and a lot of the players I know are younger players learning the game. So I'm, I'm very hopeful for the future. Um, you know, but it, it might just take us a few bumps to get to where we want to go. But it must be so frustrating though, because I, I'm looking at the lineup you had against Wendron. And to my counting, there's about nine different players that started the previous game before that. You know, why are the players not playing? Why, you know, I know you said money, but it's not all about money, surely. Um, I mean, if you're trying to attract and build um, and get, you know, get new players, you know, it's definitely a consideration. Um, I mean, at, at the moment... Obviously, around the area, you know, there's there's a lot of people working. Summer schedules, you know, they they know they're in um, temporary jobs. Like I said, we've got a lot of young players who, you know, are working at places like Parents Sands and places in the town and stuff. And you know, they're trying to get as much money in before, you know, they go back to college or, or whatever. Um, and and yeah, they're just working like mad. So we're up against work a little bit, being in a tourist hotspot down there, you know. Um, and we've obviously got people going on holiday with their families and stuff like our captain Rob Robinson, you know, he, he's uh, just been away for two weeks on holiday. He's back now. You know, we've got people in the armed forces and stuff. So, you know, it's, um, like I said, it is challenging at the moment. Um, we know where we want to get to. Um, and yeah, it will, it will take us a little bit of, a little bit of time to, to get there. You know, it's, um, it, it's a, it's a task that I think the right people are in, in charge of anyway. 
So the suggestion that the, the, the original first team have walked out, that, that's not true then? No, no. I mean, you know, like I said, it was, you know, it, this, it was, it was kind of like this last season, you know, despite Brian and Tony's efforts, just trying to get the same 11 in every week, you know, and, you know, there's no point in hiding that because, you know, anyone can log on to the, the, the whole game system and check lineups and, and go, well, that, mm. that's a different 11 again, <laughs> you know, so it, all the information is, is shared publicly anyway, you know, so, so yeah, that's why at the moment, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to get, you know, a group that we can just settle in, you know, and then and then work with them uh, going forward. When's your next game, Dan? Uh, we're on Saturday. Uh, easy little fixture away at Luggan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then on the Tuesday, we uh, we welcome Red Roof to, to Ponsmere Valley. So, you know, the games are coming thick and fast at the moment. So, And what about your second team? How are they for fixtures? What have they got coming up? Um, I'll be honest, Dave. I, I leave the reserves to Colin uh, and Mark, who run the reserves. Um, they, you know, they they operate all that side of it. Because obviously, I'm involved heavily with the youth for the 18s as well. So, you know, I, I need to sort of offload some of it <laughs> to, oh, yeah. to other people. So, I mean, all all I do, I liaise with Mark and Colin. So, if we need um, some players, you know, I I'll just ring them up, or we've got a management group that. I say, look, we, we need three or four or, or one or we need five or whatever it happens to be. And then, you know, the, the boys are great. You know, they'll they'll jump in and help. So, um, but obviously as a club, you know, we have got a consideration to, to look after both teams, you know, and, and make sure they're both, you know, happy and doing the best they can in their respective leagues. OK, so this is your chance, Dan. Um, sell me the reason why, if I was a player these days, why I should join Perrin Port. Oh God! Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a club that that I love. I think if you spend time there, the social scene is very, very good. Um, the, the, there's a lot of people in the club that love it, striving to make it better. You know, we've spent ten grand on the pitch in the pre-season, just trying to get it, you know, improved. We've, you know, we've had over twenty-four grand's worth of brand new fencing going around the ground. We've uh, making improvements to the hospitality side of the club. You know, we're putting a lot of money into the youth section to bring good young players through, um, you know, and getting them nice gear to wear and club merchandise. Uh, the committee is very strong and committed. It's a very healthy club. You know, we've we've been successful in the past. Uh, the training is really, really good. And then, you know, you can come and learn off people like Robbo and down at the club who, you know, has got a wealth of experience. And, you know, any, any player can come in and, and just learn from Playing, you know, with people like him and Ross Somerville and Ben Lawrence and Tim Austin and, you know, players like that. So, yeah, come in. If anyone's interested, get in touch with me. You can find me on Facebook. Um, or you can, you know, Dave can point you to the club directions or get in touch with a secretary. You know, yeah, it's, it's a club that is in a great place in Paramount. You know, you can, your family can go down the beach and stuff like that or your wife can go and walk the dog or you know and it, while you're at football it's a, it's a really great place to, to be based from you know and it's a club that's just loved by a committee that wants to get it back to how it was probably four or five years ago how's that? Yeah thank you very much just a quick one uh, you know I do the youth um, Rappo um, I didn't know but his uh I've got basically a relative of Rappo playing in the under nines at Paramporth. His name's Ruben. 
Um, right. And I believe he might be a great uncle to Ruben. I, I think that's what it what it is. So um, <laughs> obviously the hope for Ruben is that you know he goes on and eclipses uh, Rappo's goal <laughs> goal tally. Uh, we'll wait and see on that, but I shall ask him and uh, we'll give you the answer on the podcast, Dan. Y- yeah, and. Uh, Later, Rappo, look, come down and watch him. He plays for the Timberwolves down at Barrenporth. So they've, um, they've actually got a game, uh, this coming Sunday at home. Um, so, you know, if he wants to come down and watch the, uh, the relative play football, he's, he's more than welcome. Right. Well, I, I know he's actually busy on Sunday, but I'm sure that, uh, he will make the time at some stage during the season. Yeah, he's always my life. You are, Dave. You know, you're, you're always welcome down at Barrenporth. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Anytime, Dave. Uh, and yeah, we'll hope to catch up with you soon. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks uh, to Dan uh, for coming back on the podcast and um, giving us a bit of uh, inside information as to what their player position is like. Um, interesting game they've got on Saturday, home to, uh, sorry, away to a Lugan. Now, both sides um, obviously struggling for a bit of form, so um wonder how that game will go. Yeah, I saw that, Deeks. Yeah, you couldn't. Well, no, normal circumstances, Deeks, you couldn't ask for a harder game, could you, really? But it might, you know, in, from Dan's point of view, mate, it might be a good time, you know, to play a lugging, really lugging away, mate. Might be best time to play him, mate, you know, before everyone does come back, mate. And I'm pretty sure they will start picking up points, mate, wouldn't they, if, if we know a lugging, mate. But, mm. but I bet it's been a bit of a culture shock, though, for Dan, mate, isn't it, Deeks, going from youth football. You know, being like successful in that, you know, with his under 18s and stuff and, and going, you know, finding out about the merry-go-round <laughs> of the men's game, Deeks, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it is. Yeah. Like you said, mate, nine changes, you know, that's a hell of a lot from one game to the next, mate, isn't it? You know, you can't, mm. it's hard for Dan to get any momentum with that whatsoever, mate, isn't it? Can't get no momentum going. So, so it's, but it sounds like he's, you know, relishing the challenge anyway, Deeks, doesn't it? Enjoying it, which, which is the main thing. Yeah, mate. You know, if you're enjoying it, and you know, it's obviously a challenge. But looks like Dan's re- relishing it, mate. And I did hear, mate. I have heard Dan's a fantastic coach, mate, with all the youth players at at Paramport, mate. You know, so I've heard he's absolutely brilliant with the kids, mate. So, you know, I wish him wish him all the best, mate. You know, my sister's been out to watch. Ruben's actually my great nephew, Dick. Um, ah. it's my neat Sarah's boy, mate. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Um, what position does he play then? I, I'm, I've got to be honest, Deeks, I, I don't know, mate. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible great uncle, really, Deeks. Uh, I, I, I know he started off in goal, because obviously, oh, right. yeah, with, with like Bobby and that, mate, you know, Sarah's oh, yeah. dad, you know, Bobby yeah. Wignall, obviously. Obviously, like Deeks, you know, one of your old teammates at Toro, mate, yeah. Bobby, and yeah. good, good keeper and that, mate. So I, th- I think Ruben did start off in goal, mate, but... I think he's actually playing out a bit now, mate. I think he might be like midfield or something. So, so yeah, I definitely have to get along there one Sunday morning, Deeks, when I'm when I'm not on nights, mate, and go and watch Ruben play, mate. But, yeah. but um, yeah, but yeah, I heard uh, heard Dan's a fantastic coach, and all the kids love him, mate. So, just you know, wish him all the best for the for the men's game as well, Deeks. Is it's, it's not easy, mate, is it, being a manager? Not easy. No, no, it's not. But uh, the invite is there, Rapper, for you to pop down there and, and, and watch them play one game. So um, 
you know. Yeah, I will, Deeks. I'll definitely do that. I know. I know Dan's invited us before. I think you went, Deeks, didn't you? Did you go to an under eighteen game at Pondsmere? I have been to watch a game there, but not not under an invite. I'm. Uh, but oh, he did right. he did invite us towards the end of last last season, didn't he? But neither of us could make it, unfortunately. So. So no, we're going to have no, to try no, and... Nice, nice bloke, mate, isn't he? Yeah. We, we, should, we should do that, Dix. It's a lovely setup, really, mate. You know, like you were saying, isn't it? Ponsmere Valley, Dix. It's, it's one of those pitches that you never see a game called off, Dix, do you, don't that? No. Really? I, sp- I don't know if it's that sand-based pitch look sort of thing, Dix, is it? But you never see, like, Ponsmere waterlogged, do you? No, I, think, I was going to say, I think it's because it's, you know, pretty sandy, isn't it? So it's, well, it's, yeah. I suppose it's sort of level with almost the beach isn't it to be honest so it's yeah, probably that's right, man. been created on f- flood plain or something like that but um, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah good luck with that mate good luck with yeah that's Paramport they're away to a lug-in on Saturday then they've got a home game on Tuesday against Redruth um, uh, Redruth we touched on last week didn't we Rapper? they yeah. they start their season on Saturday I think don't they in this league they're home to Mausel yeah. so um yeah, tough old start for him, Deeks. I remember, I remember you saying they haven't played yet. Yeah, that's a pretty, yeah, pretty tough game to start with. Is it home, mate? Is it home to Mosul, Clyde? Uh, yes, they are. Yeah, so they're yeah, they're yeah. home. And uh, Wednesday, perhaps um, no, sorry, Tuesday, a game to look out for in the league in the West Division St. Pyrrhon League. Uh, Helston home to St. Day. Helston. Um, they don't have a game on Saturday, so they'll go into that game undefeated out of three games. St. Day also don't have a game on Saturday, so um, so that'll be a game between two undefeated sides, so could be an interesting one. Yeah, it'd be a good game, that. That's the one I sort of picked out from all the midweek games as well, mate. Was, uh, I mean, Mosel were lugging on Wednesday night. That could be decent things, couldn't it, if Luggan's got a few back, but, and Mully and Porth Levin. You know, got a local derby there, mate. But yeah, like you say, mate, Alston St. Day is definitely the game to look out for at Callaway Park, mate, isn't it? Seven thirty kickoff things. Right. Thank you for that. You mentioned a lug and go to Mosel. Now Mosel just looking at their last two results, uh, they seem to know where the net is. They uh, they won seven yeah. one on Wednesday. Last Saturday they beat Port Eleven four one. So um that's yeah. not gonna be any easy game for Luggan on Wednesday, is it? No, it don't get no easier for them, Deeks, at the moment, does it? Like, poor old Mikey, they've gone from... But they've had a fair amount of success, Deeks, haven't they, over the last few seasons? So, you know, I suppose you've got to take the rough with the smooth sometimes, Deeks, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. So, success for Luggan last season. Uh, there was success for St. Austell's ladies team last season as well which meant that they got promoted and are playing in the National League now so uh, with the help of Gary Hawking each week we're going to just bring you a very quick feel of the women's game in the county it's still early days for uh, competitive women's football because there's only St Austin playing at the moment Um, the regional and county leagues kick off um, in another week's time I think it is so um, we'll soon be uh, perhaps getting a few people on to talk to very briefly during the show. The one game that was played, that was uh, last week, we mentioned it on the podcast, St. Austell had, well, it was uh, regarded as uh, the toughest of starts in National League football. They were away to promotion favourites AFC Bournemouth. Bournemouth raced into a three-goal lead in the first half, um, but it was honours even 
in the second with the game finishing 3-0. This Sunday, St Ulster are home to Cardiff City, ladies. Now, Cardiff were narrowly relegated from the Southern Premier Division last season after, uh, from what Gary tells me, a disastrous end to the campaign, losing six of their last seven games. So um, they soon got rid of that record, though, because they got off to a fly start last weekend, beating Portishead 7-1 at home. So Gary reckons it's going to be a tough game for St Austell. Stepping up a league is going to be tough anyway, and... Um, yeah, they're, they're meeting bigger and better sides. Uh, but they're at home on Sunday. Cardiff are the opposition. They're hoping, or he reckons, they should get at least one point, hopefully all three. Kickoff at Polter Park is 2 p.m. So if anyone's got a spare uh, couple of hours Sunday afternoon, that's in Austell Ladies against Cardiff City Ladies at Polter, 2 p.m. And. Uh, be interested to see how they get on. There's some big names in that league, aren't there? Bournemouth, Cardiff, you know. The, yeah, there is things, uh, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, good luck to them. Yeah, de- yeah definitely. So, I'll try and get around a, a couple of games this season, mate. I think this is not too far from me, is it? It's an hostel, so. No, that's true. Yeah, like you say, mate, plenty of positives, really. I saw that on Twitter, mate. I saw they was 3-0 down at half-time, and... You know, they obviously, is like you said, it's a new league, it's going to be tougher, it's obviously going to be a learning curve, but looks like they learned pretty quickly, mate, doesn't it? You know, in that yeah. game to, to yeah. sort of, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, like the positives to take from that second half, I would have thought, Dicks. Yeah, that's right. OK, thanks for Gary for that. Uh, before we let Rappo loose with his roundup, let's <laughs> cover off the East Cornwall Premier League. Again, with the help of John Colenso. Pretty much a full fixture list, I think, last Saturday, wasn't there? It was just us and St. Colum, I think we said, though, didn't we, from last week, that we're missing. Right, OK. Everybody else had a, yeah, so all but full fixture list. So were there any 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 sort of games uh, that sort of jumped out at you? Um, I would say Torpoint had an impressive win at St. Blasey, 5-0. Um, that's a good win for them. And probably the one I was interested in most was the St. Mimver North Catherine, because North, North Catherine have um, sort of flown off the blocks coming straight out of the Dutchy League. And St. Mimver's first game, and we know St. Mimver are a decent side, so it was interesting to see how good North Catherine actually were. And that ended up in a 2 2 draw. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting one. Let's just stay on, on the St. Mimver North Catherine uh, subject for the moment, because you. you you're trying to gauge how North Petherwin are. Well, yeah. they drew, obviously, with St. Member. Then if you come forward a, a couple of days, St. Member actually won their Tuesday game 7-1. So yes. that either suggests that North Petherwin actually did very well or St. Teth is struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's talk that maybe St. Teth have lost a couple of players, so it could be a bit of both, Dave, to be honest. So. Yeah. Um, because looking at, again at Saturday's fixtures, St. Teth lost 7-3 at home to made to Nampian. So, yeah. um, but then obviously Nampian were flying last year, weren't they? So that, that may not be a judge of that, really. No, but um, they certainly don't like 7-up, do they? No, no, no. They'll be glad to get some goals on the board and perhaps uh, sort out their defence, wouldn't yeah, they? For, that's true. For Saturday coming. <laughs> right. um, Waybridge Town at home lost to Foxhole. Foxhole will sound like they're a strong side this year. They won 4-1 at Waybridge. Um, I know Waybridge are quite a young side, so obviously still learning the league a little bit. Um, so Newland East went to Roach. I know Roach um, really worked hard on their defensive side of their game and um, trying to make it difficult for teams at home. So St. Newland East did well to get two goals there. Uh, nice to see Newquay Academy get a win. 
young young nuclear academy against St Dennis reserves. We don't really know what St Dennis reserves are like because obviously they've come down from the St Piran League, haven't they? So mm-hmm. that's a good win for Newquay, I would have said. And the bottom two of last season, Lou against St Stephen, Lou winning three two. So three points on the board early for Lou. Yeah, one of uh, Rappers' mates scored for Lou Filippos Compostios. Yeah, rather poorly I said it to be honest, but yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah. So um, so that uh, that was Saturday. Uh, pretty much as we said, uh, all the teams in action. The Tuesday, plenty of goals around. I mean, we've already mentioned St Mimber winning seven-one, but there were plenty of goals in yeah. the other two games. Yes, and Blasey um, gets some points on the board away at St Stephen. So 3-2, that's a, a good win for Blasey. They'd be glad to get points on the board. And Foxhall scoring another five against St Colum, which I was a little bit surprised at because St Colum started really well. So that's a, a really strong win for Foxhall. And I think St Colum had a player sent off in the first half, which didn't help them. But uh, yeah, that's a statement by Foxhall so far. Right. Now, obviously, we're talking before the Wednesday evening games, so we'll we'll move on to Saturday's fixtures for you. And uh, again, what are we looking at for the for them? Well, the first one coming up is two new sides to the league meeting: Liscard Athletic Reserves against Weybridge Town Reserves. Both voted in at the AGM, so that'll be a, an interesting tie. And then we've got Nampian. This will be a good one. Nampian against St Mimva. Um, obviously Nampian were flying last year and St Mimber are very good in the East Cornwall League always been quite strong and high up in the league so yeah, that'll be an interesting test for Nampian um, we've got Newquay Academy against Foxhole so hopefully Newquay can carry on their good run of form and uh, give Foxhole a good test and then we've got uh, North Petherwin against St Stephen um, St Blasey are entertaining St Colin Major and St Dennis play tour point third. So that'll be a, a good game as well, I would have thought. Right. And just thinking about that St Mimber game at Nampian, um, mm. could well be plenty of goals. I, I didn't mention that actually St Mimber's 7-1 win. They had two hat-trick heroes, Josh Caddy and Ed Green. Ed Green uh, seems to be uh, doing well in front of goal at the moment. So... Uh, Look out! Look out! Uh, Nampian defence, I think. Yeah, and I, I see Nampian haven't got Geordie Wilmot playing at the moment. I don't know if that's. Uh, Have they not? If that's uh, no, I don't know what's going on there. Whether he's injured or something, or if he's, he's not playing this season. But right. uh, yeah, they'll be missing him for sure. Okay. Any midweek games? Um, we've got Foxhall against St Newland East, mm-hmm. Newquay Academy against North Petherwin, and St Blasey against St Dennis. That's on the Tuesday. And then going on to the Wednesday, we've got Nampian against St. Colum. That'll be a good tie. St. Stephen against Roach. Uh, St. Tath against Wadebridge. And Liscard Athletic against Lou. Oh, three, three games at home in a row for us. So, yeah. Well, Get used to Lux Park nice and quickly. Yeah. Have you bribed the fixture secretary or something, have you, or what? No, no, no. I don't know. Well, I suppose because we've got floodlights, it's, um, you know, there's two midweekers in there of the three, so... We've got Tall Point Wednesday tonight um, and Lou next Wednesday. So, yeah, I think it's just the, getting the use of the lights in and get some fixtures played because we had a bit of a slow start with fixtures for some reason. So, yeah, mm. nice to get some midweekers in. OK, and before I let you go, um, the Cornwall Intermediate Cup first round draw is out and it's available yep. online for teams uh, or listeners to, to view. Um, Liscard Athletic Reserves, you've got a nice little trip, haven't you? 
Yeah, nice trip down to Mornan. Never been there. Don't know what it's like. Um, it's beauty of the cup, really. You get to meet new teams that you haven't come across before. Uh, a little bit closer to home this time. We had Mullion twice in a row last <laughs> the past two draws. So, uh, yeah, at least we've got a slightly closer to home. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be good. Good. And this is a cup that's uh, for those teams in between the Senior Cup, obviously, and the Junior Cup. That's why it's called yes, Intermediate right. Cup, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, that certainly is. There's some Pyrrhon and East Cornwall League yeah. teams. OK, and all those games, 24th September, so everyone's got plenty of time to find out what the other ties are, haven't they? Yeah, try and find out where you're going and what buses are leaving and what times. Right. OK, thanks very much, John. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks to John there for uh, his East Cornwall Premier League look. Um, just to keep the records smack up to date on the podcast, Wednesday there were games, of course, again, which we weren't able to cover. Liscard won 12.3. He'll be fed up with that one, won't he? So um, that, was, uh, yeah. that was a win for Torpoint. Nampian 2, Newquay Academy 0. St. Julian East 5, St. Dennis 3, plenty of goals in that game, and Weybridge 1, North Petherwin 0. So a welcome win for Weybridge, new to the league. In fact, both sides are new to the league, weren't they? But um, So it means that there's, uh, the top three all have nine points, Foxhall, Torpoint, and St. Julian East. From the Southern League to the Trelawney, we've got you covered. Right then, Rappo, what's happening, or what happened? Elsewhere in the county. Yeah, well, like you were saying, Dix, I think there's a bit of a theme last weekend, mate. Loads of goals around, Dix. Loads of goals. Let's start in the combo, mate. Um, well, last Saturday, mate, we had four games in the combo. Guess how many goals were scored, Dix, in those four games? Four Have games. a guess, mate. 16. Oh, you're spot on, actually. The, <laughs> mid- the, mid-week games, the midweek games, there was four games, mate, and there was 16 goals. But but last Saturday, mate, there was four games, 29 goals, mate. What? 29? Blimey. Yeah, honestly, I'll run through, mate. We had Wendron third six, mate. Paul Flevin reserves three. Uh, ben Fletcher at trick in that one, mate. St. Ives one, Houston thirds one. That was a pretty calm oh, game, mate. Boring. The other one. Boring, yeah. yeah. Yeah, praise six sticks, you know, new to the league, praise. Gunavram won with a Alex Zamanegra hat trick in that one. Um, and Hale reserves one, Mornan ten. Ooh. So, yeah, Luke War and Adam Keenan, mate, four goals each in that. Right. Um, a midweek sticks, we had a few games. We had St Agnes reserves one, Wendron thirds five, Resudgeon three, Hale reserves one. Praise, mate. They're, they're doing well, mate. I mean, praise to St Ives too. When you think last season, Diggs, those teams were two leagues apart, weren't yeah, they, really? Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, yeah, so good result. And Porth Levin reserves nil, St Bay reserves two in midweek, Diggs. So that, that's, that's the combo, mate. That's the combo. Uh, we've got three fixtures coming up, Diggs, on Saturday. Um, the Tinners, mate, the Tinners are back in the combo, aren't they, St Just? At home at that lovely name Lafrode Park Dicks. Lefro- <laughs> I was thinking the Hobbit, mate. The Hobbit's was or Lord of the Rings, isn't it, mate? Lafrode Park. Um sorry, Dicks. Um yeah, they're at home to St. Day Reserves, mate. Um Praise have got another own game against St. Agnes Reserves and Pendine well Gunavan, mate, make the long trip to Pendine on Saturday, Dicks. 
Whilst, whilst we're on about pronunciations, um, I forgot to yeah. mention in the East Corner Premier League, did you hear my attempt on uh, Philippos Combostiosis? Oh, yeah, yeah. Philippos Combostiosis, mate, wasn't it? Oh, is that how you say it, is it? All right. So. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, he's been, he, was, he was on our list, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, that's Philippos. right. That's right. Yeah. Who's Philippos playing for now, Dicks? Lou. He scored for Lou last Saturday, so... Um, Oh, good on him, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Philippos Combostiosis. Remember him well, Diggs. Remember <laughs> him well. Okay. <laughs> um, there is some midweek games, Diggs, in the combo as well, if you want them quick, mate. Yeah. St. Agnes Reserve v. St. Ives. Um, Resurgent, mate, against St. Just. Bit of a, well, not a local derby, but a, a West Penwith game, that one, mate, isn't it? Morning against Praise, Diggs. I think that would be the, the, their first big test, mate, wouldn't it, Ooh. for the new boys? away. Yeah. Away to morning, they're flying. And Ale reserves against Gunavon Diggs in midweek. Okay. Uh, they're all Tuesday night, actually, Diggs. All on Tuesday. Right. Um, yeah, so that's the combo, really, Diggs. Uh, the Duchy kicked off last weekend, mate. <clears throat> um, we had, in the Premier Division, mate, we had the, obviously, it's that new format we said about last week, Diggs, you know, three divisions Premier, Division 1, and Division 2, now in the Duchy. Um, and in the Premier League, mate, we had the new Bobman Reserves team, mate, um, mm-hmm. playing at Priory Park right. against Saltash Thirds, mate, and they come up with a rare nil-nil takes. What? Yeah, I know, mate, first game ever, and they had a nil-nil. <laughs> so, bit of a, bit of a um, well, disappointment, mate, for a mate, wasn't it? Bit of a, mm. you know, build itself up for that first game, but, but, um, but is it a bad result or is it a good one? I don't know, mate. Nil nil. Time but, will um, tell. Time will tell. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we had the other one, mate, pretty com- comprehensive. One of your old teams, Dick's Dog Wolves. Um, Dog Wolves reserves beat Lifton 5 0, mate, at Lantoon, mate. Um, ben Gaynor and Jacob Cinnamon, mate, scoring mm. two each. Right. So piece of cake, piece of cake for Jacob, mate. <laughs> Jacob Cinnamon, mate. But yes, but, all right. um, sorry, <laughs> um, Division One, North Pedowin One, Pensil, Pensilver Four, Coral Gross, mate. Add trick in that. G R O double S. I presume it's Gross, Diggs. Well, it? Could it be Gross? Um, I was thinking Gross, mate, but there's usually an E on the end if it's Gross, isn't it? So well, there's two S's though, isn't it? It's, see, yeah. Yeah. I'll go for Gross. Coral Gross, mate. Right. But, um, yeah. And St. Clair Diggs. 9-3, mate, against Biscovy. 9-3? On the, um, John's old pitch, mate, there at St. Clair. Yeah. No soggy corners there at the moment, mate. I wouldn't have thought no, so. No, that's um, true. 9-3. And there's a double hat-trick, mate, for Liam Donaghy, mate. Ooh. Uh, yeah, nice way for a striker to start the season, Dick, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> What's that? Six goals in one game. Yeah, good strike rate, mate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bit of credit in the bank, mate, for a few games, isn't he? I think he should retire <laughs> now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, good games. That's a good game to chuck your boots away, that one, Dick, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> Go out on that one. But um, Division 2, mate, Landreth 2, North Hill 0, and Weeks of Mary 3, View Reserves 2, Deeks, Theo Cadby, Will Reese, and Steve Short, mate, for Weeks of Mary. Right. Um, 
There were a few fixtures decent. Not, not many again, mate, this week. Only eight in the Dutch League Premier. We've got Lanivet kicking off their season, mate, home to Southgate. Lifton at home to Bodmin Reserves, hoping to score a goal this week. And so Ash thirds against Dogwalk's reserve stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, Division 1, Calstock against North Petherwin Reserves. And Pensilva against St. Clair. And um, in Division 2, we've got North Hill against Weeks of Mary. Um, the new team, Dick's newly formed, Dalabal and Tintagel, mate. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, good to see them sort of making a bit of a comeback. The two teams sort of amalgamated, Dick's, didn't they? I know they, they were both struggling for numbers, weren't they, last season, Dick's? We mentioned, didn't we, yeah. a few times, so... So they've joined forces, mate, which is obviously great to see. So they're their first game ever, mate. Delabow and Tintagel are home to Butte Town Reserves. And Castle Loyal, mate, against, or, well, Loyal, mate. Castle Loyal. L-O-Y-A-L-E, mate. There's an E on the end. I should imagine it's Loyal, isn't it? Well, yeah, Casino Royale, mate, wasn't it? (laughs) But this is... (laughs) <laughs> Castle Royal, but yeah, they're home to land refting, so yeah, yeah, good luck to them, mate. Good luck to them. Right. Um, that's the Trelawney League now, really, things to cover. Um, yeah, before you start on the Trelawney League, have you, have you noticed yeah. that actually they've spelt Della Bowl wrong on the full time site? Yeah, I see that, mate. It was like Deal Bowl De- or something, mate. De- Deal Bowl, yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I'm hoping they can change that. All the troubles that they have with full-time, I wonder if they can change it or not. But, uh, yeah, that's true, mate. Yeah, I, I did notice that, actually. Yeah. I thought a new team, mate, just starting out, and they can't even spell their name right, can they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sounds like the FA to me, Dick. Sounds like the FA to me. Trelawney. Trelawney. yeah, finally, mate. Trelawney League. Good start for West Cornwall, mate. Me old mate. Ashley Camp at West Cornwall Deeks. Uh, top of the league. To- oh, beat, beat three milestone 4-0, mate. Toby Ellis, two. And a couple of subs, mate. A lot of subs scored this week, Deeks. Mm. Bit of a theme in the Trelawney League. Um, Ryan Weeks and Monty Cloutman, mate. Both uh, come off the bench to score in that 4-0 win. Luggan reserves, two. Redruth United reserves, one. George Cantello. And Justin Arrington, no less, Dick, still He's scoring goals. He's not still going, surely. He is, mate. Harry, mate. Harry's still playing and scoring goals. Good old so, Harry. I bet, he, I bet he's still class as well, mate, isn't he? Yeah. On the ball. Yeah. I bet he's still class, mate. But, but yeah, mate. And um, newly promoted Frogpool, Dick. Um, they lost 4-2 at home to Troon. Um, Dan Claypit, 2. Marcus Grasso and Jordan Richards were the goals there, mate, for Troon. Um Division 1, mate, new in Titans, making a good start to the, after their promotion last season. Dicks won again. Uh, they beat Newland Non-Athletico at home, 3-2. And Perrinwell reserves one, still playing at Perrinwell's old pitch, Dicks, which is nice to see it still being used, mate, isn't it? Mm. Perrinwell, the old St. George ground, mate. Perrinwell reserves one, Resudgeon reserves two, mate. And, um, and that was, uh, Dan, Hopkins scored a brace, mate. Both goals, both goals for the Sudgies, mate. Sudgies. <laughs> Have you made that up? Yeah, I've obviously made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Division two, mate. Uh, we had Tregony one, Holman's three, mate. 
Um, Liam Phillips, two. Ross Williams, one. Um, Falmouth DC, mate. They were the big winners of the day, beating three milestone reserves, seven nil, mate. That's uh, Tristina, I think they play, mate, don't they? Tristina Avenue. Quade Saunder, mate, he was the sub of the day, mate, he was. He he came off the bench to score a hat trick, mate, in that game. Right. Yeah, and another sub, mate, you come off the bench and scored, was Kararik's Ben Rapsey, mate. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a lad, I, a lad I know well. I've seen him score quite a few goals when he was a lad, mate, to be fair. But, um, yeah. It, uh, ben come off the bench, mate, to score a goal against Wendron Force, mate, but they lost 3-1, Deeks, unfortunately, mm. Quarry, with yeah. their lovely new nets, mate. I don't know if you've seen their new box nets, Deeks, yeah. did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking lovely they were, mate, but unfortunately, Wendron stuck three in them, mate. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it was just a consolation goal for Ben, mate, but Goal McIver, Charlie Rogers and Matthew Troyes, mate, for Wendron. Um Division 3, Deeks, St. Kevin Neal, Dropship 3, and Lanners 6, St. Ives, Mariners 3, mate. Another sub, Deeks, Gareth Erison, scored a brace, mate, coming off the bench for Lanner in that one. And in midweek, mate, we had Mount Ad, well, three games, mate. We had more games in midweek than we did on Saturday in Division 3, mate. Mount Ambrose Neal, Dropship 5, Ben Kello, a famous footballing Cornish name, Deeks. Yeah. Um, Ben had a hat-trick, mate, and Tyler Prescott scored the other two. Um, St Agnes 4, St Agnes 3rd score, Frogpool reserves 1. That was nil-nil at half-time, Deeks, as well. So, mm. good second half there at Chivron. And then Troon reserves 2, Lanner 6, mate. So, so Lanner scored uh, 6 at the weekend and in midweek, mate. So, they're scoring a few goals, aren't they? Blimey. Lanner, Yeah, 12 and 2 games. Division 4, Drop ship reserves one, Ruin Minor three, mate. Um, good start for the for the new Ruin Minor team. And Penryn reserves, Deeks, um, you know, their sort of first game uh, at sort of Division 4 level, mate. They they beat Storm 4-1, mate. Liam Dent, Paul Jeffrey, Jason Roberts and David Thompson, mate, for Penryn. So, yeah, plenty of goals from substitutes in that lot, Diggs. Um, I'll just run through the fixtures quick, mate. I know we've still got a bit to do. We, um, Premier League, mate, uh, we've got Troon v Morning Reserves. This is obviously Saturday, Diggs. West Cornwall hoping to keep up their great run against Stidians at home. And then on Wednesday, we've got Morning Reserves against Frogpool, 6.30 kickoff. Um, Division 1 on Saturday, Constantine against St. Day Thirds. Newin Titans, another home game against Penzance Reserves. Newlin Non-Athletico against the, well, against the Sudgies, mate. Sudgies Reserves. Resurgent Reserves, mate. Bit of a local derby, that one, thinks, isn't it? Newlin Resurgent. Not too far between the two teams, mate, is there? No, not too far, Ten, I suppose. Uh, five, six more, mate, maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um and Wild Reserves, mate, against St. Berrien, mate. Um, and there's a, there is a couple of midweek games. Penzance Reserves against St. Berrien, which it, that, that is a local derby, really, mate, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Tuesday night at Penley Park. And on Wednesday, well, another one, really. It's Constantine against Falmouth United. So... A couple of local derbies in Division 1 midweek. Division 2 digs, we've got Kararik. Um, this is Saturday, obviously. Kararik against three milestone reserves. Falmouth DC v Almonds. Tregony versus Gunavan reserves. And Wendron 4th versus St. Erm. 
with three games, um, quite a few games in Division 2 this week. On Tuesday night, we've got Kararik against St. Erm, and Wednesday, St. Ives reserves the Almonds, and Wendron Force the Falmouth DC. Um, Division 3, Diggs nearly there, mate. Falmouth United reserves on Saturday uh, against Dropship, home to Dropship. Frogpool reserves versus Mount Ambrose. St. Agnes Thirds versus St. Kevin. And on Tuesday night, mate, one game, Troon reserves versus St. Ives Mariners. And in Division 4, finally, Diggs, we've got two games on Saturday. One of them's a 12.45 kickoff, Diggs, at oh, Wendron. Right. Yeah, because I think they got a lot of games going on at the weekend at Wendron, Diggs, haven't they? So we've got Wendron 5th, mate, Pete's team. I think they're up the top pitch, Diggs, with anyone passing their 12.45 kickoff. They've got drop ship reserves. Wendron Fist, and then the and the usual two thirty kickoff, mate. Ruin Minor against Houston Raiders, thinks, and that's all the fixtures for around the leagues, I think, mate. Right. Am I being thick? But Falmouth DC, what does DC stand for? Oh, I didn't know, Diggs. I, uh, I think we found this out last season, mate, didn't we? Did we? Didn't we ask this question? I think so, mate. Didn't we ask this question starting last season? Did we, get, uh, we obviously didn't get an answer by the sounds of it. So. No, I don't know. Mate. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if we found it out or no in the end, mate. I think we did ask the question, but uh, I don't know, mate. Um, oh, right. Well, I think I do know, actually. <laughs> that's the worst thing. I you, think I do know. You do but know, but you I can't, can't remember. remember it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, mate. Okay, yeah, well, that I'll, perhaps... I'll that, try and find out, Deeds. Yeah, that's your task for the week. Find out what right, DC stands for. Yeah, I will, mate. I'll, I'll try and... It's like the... Oh, crikey, mate. It was like... Because um, it's, it's the Tresina, mate, isn't it? It's a community centre thing. And I, th I think it's actually got a sign on it, Dix, which says... <laughs> yeah, it's actually said something, mate. Yeah, I will. I'll find that out, Dix. Right. I'll find that out. Thanks for that, Rappo. Uh, as usual, uh, a detailed list of what games are gone on, going on, and about to be played um, throughout the county. Um, now, normally, that would be it, wouldn't it? It would, Diggs, wouldn't it? We've got someone special still, mate, haven't we, to come? Yeah, but we've got a, a bit extra this week. Uh, Sunday at Priory Park, Bodmin is being held a family fun day and testimonial for someone called Darren Gilbert. Ever heard of him or not? <laughs> I think I have heard the name, Diggs, yeah. Right. Yeah, once or twice. <laughs> right. It's, it's going to kick off at one thirty. There's going to be players from Gilby's time at the club playing a bit as well, I, I understand. So, uh, well worth going along there. But we thought we'd finish this podcast off this week with a bit of a, bit of a tribute to the man himself, Darren Gilbert. Uh, let's start with Phil Hiscock's the uh, South West Peninsula League Secretary. Let's just confirm it, Phil. Gilby, the most successful manager in the league's history? Yes, without a doubt, really. Uh, multiple league titles. Uh, he's won the, the either the Throgmorton or Walsey Parsons Cup in his various guises he's on a couple of occasions as well. Cornwall Senior Cup. Um, decent runs, particularly in the FA Cup. Um, not so much the FA Vars, but yeah, this is... But generally speaking, without doubt, the, the most successful manager. And uh, he's told us that um, doing the treble probably was his uh, main, uh, most uh, 
sort of rewarding um, success he's had. It's not that. I mean, it has been done the double as such, but the the treble. I think he's done it twice. He said so. No, three times. So, uh, you, you know, you, well, you can't beat it, can you? You can't. No, no. I mean, so he, he, he's, the Cornwall Senior Cup is taken very, very seriously in Cornwall, more so than a lot of other counties, which makes it that again that much harder to win uh, because everybody treats it quite. We are with, with a good regard. Um, they've always been there or thereabouts, haven't they? Went with Gilby's years and uh, Rodman, and his passion shines through. On one or two occasions, he's had a bit of a Paddington Bear frown from me about his um, berating of match officials and things. But you, you, I, away from football, you don't mind that because that's the passion, isn't it? You obviously, on, on a match day, you, you try and control it and you try and, and extol the virtues of respect and things. Um, and I, I would never stop to do that or cease to do that. But you, you can't fault uh, Gilby's passion over the years uh, and the passion that he instills in his players and his teams mm. Now Gilby tells us why Bodmin didn't sort of uh, take the step up into the Western League after winning the, the Peninsula you know, so many times did, did the league itself ever sort of suggest to them that they ought to give it a try or not? I think it was difficult at the time. To be, to be fair to Bodmin, uh, they were winning it at a time when, if they had gone, there weren't the other clubs either in the Western League to reduce the travelling or necessarily also interested in joining the Western League. Um, so, to be fair to Bobby, they did take some criticism, um, but some of it unjust because they would have had to sort of put a bit of a lone furrow and be the first ones to do it. Um, and I would also point out that uh, in that same era, both Buckland and Parkway won the league twice before they took promotion. Neither of those took it the first time round either. Mm, that's a good point, actually, uh, isn't it? We, yeah, we, because it, the, the, the picture of what they were joining at that time, part of the reason for the change in the last couple of years has been A, mandatory promotion, and B, being able to take that sort of group of clubs at once so that it reduced the travel for all or gave each of them some local derbies. Uh, Bodmin, and let's say to a lesser degree, Buckland and Parkway, weren't faced with that at the same time. Mm. And of course, uh, just thinking, because the Southwest Peninsula League will not be the Southwest Peninsula League after this season, Bodmin will go down in the record books as the most successful side, won't it? Without a doubt, yes. Yes, I mean, I, I do it an all-time league table at the end of the season, and uh, I think, you know, Bodmin have won it already, and they lost every game this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. They were so dominant for so long, weren't they? Yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much for that, Phil. No worries. Yeah, that's Phil. So, um, obviously, he accepts that Bodmin are the most successful Peninsula side in the league's history. Now, any successful side needs a great goalkeeper, don't they, Rappo? They do, mate. Yeah, exactly. They've been lucky. I've played with some great keepers, mate. They do. Yeah. It's your foundation, Dicks, isn't it? Y- your foundation. I like it. Yeah, that's that's right. Keeper. So, so anyway, Kev Miller. He was at Bodmin under Darren Gilbert. Um, so let's hear Kev's thoughts on Darren. Well, uh, where do I begin with Gilbert? Um, <laughs> Very true to his word, first and foremost, um, and probably as passionate a man I've ever met in football, in all honesty. Uh, sometimes it probably 
spills over into other areas that it shouldn't do, but that is Gilby. If you take that away from him, he wouldn't have been the competitor he, he was both on and off the pitch. I mean, great bloke. Um, at eight, eight years, I think it was at Bobman with him. Um, we had one or two little fallouts, but it was done and dusted during the game and it was all over. But, um, real passionate, um, a, a joy to play with really and for, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you would have shared a lot of successes with Darren uh, at Bodmin. How did he, how did he go about sort of keeping the success going? Because it, it's it's well, you know, I was going to say it's easy to win one thing. It's not quite so easy. But when you win one thing, you, you might settle for that. But I get the impression Darren didn't. No, uh, he certainly didn't, and he. he always brought the right players in that wanted to succeed. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, your, your career's it, it, it's judged on what you win. And, um, you know, we went out every single game to win every single game. I, I remember coming towards the end of the season and we struggled at places like Columpton. Um, no disrespect to them, but the season was over. That You know, we'd won the league and he still went mad after the game. Um, purely because he wants to win at every single thing he does. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm very similar. You know, I, I don't like getting beat and I don't like playing badly. And, it, it, you know, even for, even for me at my age, when I didn't play well for Bob Minnie, it used to really annoy me. And I used to think about the game after and Darren was no different, you know. And the best teams and the best managers and the best players want to keep winning. And that's what Darren had in his, in his makeup. And, you know, like I say, he wanted to win trophy after trophy after trophy. And that's what, you know, that's what winners are about. Did he actually know how to sort of uh, let go, how to celebrate those successes? Yeah, he did. I mean, he took it all in his stride. Um, and no doubt he, every, every league title we won or every cup we won, Deep down, Darren was absolutely buzzing. He might not have maybe shown it in other ways where some players do, but for sure, you know, when when you look back on his long managerial career, the the amount of trophies he's won, he, he must be right up there in Cornwall with, with the most successful ones, I would imagine. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely the most successful Peninsula League manager. And uh, obviously, you would have known one of, the, uh, one of our other most successful managers, Trevor Mewton, um, I get the feeling though, were they talking cheese? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trevor was was very calm. I mean, I went I went with Trevor when I was sixteen at um, Newquay. Uh, Trevor was very calm. I mean, we had some incredible players at Newquay at that time. With, you know, the Nickel Brothers, the Streets, Rappo, uh, Mike Leach, Dave Ball. We had an incredible team, and and in those days players were very very loyal to, to football clubs where you see now a lot of clubs and a lot of players move on for an extra you know little bit of incentive if you like and to call credit to Darren when we were at Bodmin he had probably six or eight of those players that played for a very long time obviously Simo um, Tom Chambers Sammy Matthews myself we had a lot of players there which played for Darren and, you know, I would imagine they clocked up a lot of games at Bodmin. Um, and that's down to Darren, you know, keeping the players happy, uh, enjoying their football, which is the main thing because you work all week and the last thing you need to do is 
go and do something you you know you really enjoying, but you're not enjoying football. So that was down to Darren keeping things fun, and 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 you know he was he was a he was a winner, absolute winner on and off the pitch. Right now, you're a manager now at Oakhampton. Is there any sort of little things that you're doing there that you could see Darren having done? Any little, uh, you know, ways you talk to players, that sort of thing? Um, you you pick things up. I mean, everybody's different. I, I don't tend to be a real ranter and raver as a manager. I was as a player, and I do sometimes at referees, but. I tend to be a little bit calmer than Darren um, <laughs> because I feel that if you sometimes you fly off the handle, you lose what you're saying and you, you lose the room anyway. Um, I put my ways, I put my things across slightly differently to Darren, but that's you know that that's just the way everybody is individually. People people manage players differently, um, but the passion's there for sure. You know, I, I'll certainly take what Darren's got as passion because. That was everything for me. Um, you know, if you've got a manager that is that passionate and that upset, if you get beat, you don't want to let him down. And, um, you know, that's why we had a very successful eight years of Bob Min, purely down to his drive and determination because he did so much behind the scenes at the football club that a lot of people didn't see. You know, Donna and the boys and put up with a lot of him not being at home and, and so forth. So... You know, it's a big effort from him, you know, not just playing, turning up on a Saturday. The amount of stuff he did behind the scenes was, was phenomenal. Will there ever be another Gilby? Um, I'll struggle to see it, I'll be honest with you, because, like I say, as a player, he was he was superb. Two, I didn't even know which foot he was, Gilby. He, he had two great feet, um, a very gifted footballer, and yet a very solid player and again another one that you would have in your team just purely because the will to win he wouldn't he wouldn't let things go and he would keep going and driving and driving and as a manager exactly the same so I would say money doesn't motivate Darren whatsoever money certainly doesn't he doesn't need the money he's he's a multi-millionaire <laughs> he'll probably laugh at that one but he uh, he's um, he's driven by success and enjoyment and that rubs off on his teams. But unfortunately, in the last few years at Bodmin, it didn't go his way with the players, purely, like I said, because players just shift from club to, you know, club, to club these days. There ain't too many players in this sort of level now that stay at a club for more than probably five or you know, four or five years. They, they tend to move on a lot. But Darren had that in, in, in Bodmin for eight years. We had, like I say, five or six players that probably saw five, six, seven, eight years with Darren. So, um, and like I said, that, that's credit to him because he's got to keep it fresh. He's got to keep it entertaining for the players because they can they can switch off and they can get bored. And, you know, they didn't do that with him. And, of course, the event on Sunday is testimony at Bodmin. That, that's testament to how good the man is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously, I, I believe he's giving it the charity, which is sums Darren up to an absolute T. Um, but there's going to be a lot of the players that played for him under, you know, many years ago that will show their respects to him because, like I say, he was he was a top bloke. Um, I, I wrote a book for charity um, through lockdown and obviously gave him a mention in that because I just felt, felt that, you know, 
he was he, he some of his stuff was very funny. He, he would lo- he would fly off the handle in the change rooms, and it would almost be funny. And I talked to him after, uh, and he also had Ronnie Swiggs there, which was completely the opposite side, very calm Ronnie. So they worked really well together, the pair of them, and um, they were a duo. And you know, Darren deserves everything that anything that comes his way, as in reward of testimonials and. The only thing I will say it was it, there's a lot of people out there that seem to slate Darren um, on these forums and etc. But if they don't know the man, you know, um, it's very difficult because anyone that plays for him or plays under him, they'll tell you the same. Very passionate and wants to win. Um, yes, he loses it a little bit, but that's that's Darren's makeup, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, lovely words from Kev, like Deeks. Um, I mean. And Kev's had some pretty good managers, isn't he, in his in his six hundred odd games in pro football. So there's no other accolade really than coming from Kev, mate, to to what a top player and you know top players such as Kev, mate. You know, holds Gilby in such high esteem, Deeks, and I think that says it all about Gilbs, really, mate, doesn't it? You know what he's done in his career and and you know what Kev's done in his career, mate. And Gilby's right up there for him, mate, isn't he? So. You know, can't speak any iron than that. And, you know, I think all of us would sort of concur with, like, with, with Kev's words, mate. I mean, I first remember Gilby as a, a really young lad at sort of Tour Point, sort of Liscard and Salt Ash Deeks, you know. I mean, we share the same birthday dates, April the 28th, mate. Oh, but, right. <laughs> but, yeah, the Gilbs is a few years younger than me, mate. But, but I'm, I'm guessing I, I was still pretty young at Falmouth, really, Deeks. I was probably only about 22, mate. But I remember, I remember playing, you know, in that great team we had in the late eighties, early nineties, and, and Gilby must have been about, I don't know, Dix nineteen at the time, mate. And I think he, he came down with to a point it was Dix, and honestly, mate, he was just like crashing into fifty-fifty tackles, mate. You know, with the likes of Dodger. I mean, like <laughs> Dodger had like tree front legs, mate, didn't he? I mean. You know, and, and Tommy and Spaz, mate, you know, like proper real hard men, like, and, and, and you're just looking at him thinking, crikey, you know, this, this boy's got some balls on him, mate, you know, and, <laughs> and like, if I can say that, peaks on our show, but, but you think, crikey, like, you know, um, you know, and I sort of followed his career from then on, mate, and saw what a great player he'd become, and, and to be honest, mate, we've always had a big hug and a handshake after any game we played, you know, we've always got on brilliant, and, had some nice words for each other, which which always means a lot, you know, coming from Gilby because such a class act, mate. Isn't he? And then, you know, what he's gone on to achieve as a manager as well, Dicks, you know, is is pretty remarkable, really, mate. He's probably even eclipsed his playing career, Dicks, hasn't he? Really, mm. as a manager, yeah. Which is takes a bit of doing, you know. I mean, I mean, like you and Phil said, mate, the greatest manager of all all time since the Peninsula era mate without a shadow of a doubt and you know and, and up there with the top Cornish managers of all time mate you know I was lucky enough to play for Trev and Ray mate you know and I was putting him up there in that bracket really digs from you without a doubt and you know I'd just like to wish Gilby a fantastic day on Sunday digs you know no one deserves a day more and and the recognition you know that from everyone more than Gills mate absolutely legend digs and Bit gutted on my nights, mate, but I'm going to try my best to get over there, takes to, to bomb in for this one, mate. And, you know, congrats to Gilby, mate, for a fantastic career, really, mate. You know what? I mean, I'll try not to go on too long, Deeks. I know, you know, you know what I'm like, mate, but like Slate said, mate, you know, 
two travels in a row under Gilby. He had, mate, as a young player. And I think you mentioned, mate, four South Western Leagues, four League Cups, five Senior Cups, you know, chucking a charity cup. You know, it's 14 major trophies he's brought to Bodmin. Pretty unreal stuff, really, Deeks. And, you know, 51, mate, still played for Bodmin last season, didn't he? You know, <laughs> what he's done. What he's done for the club, he's an absolute machine, mate. And I heard Dick Jins building Gilby's statue at Priory Park now, mate, ready for Sunday dates, I think. Right. <laughs> but, um, but no, I won't go on, mate, because I could speak about Gilbs all day, you know. What, what he's done for Cornish football can never be underestimated, mate. And, you know, he's still putting loads in today and he deserves a bit of time to himself, Diggs, doesn't he, to go and watch his boys play now. And, you know, I certainly know from experience, that's sort of my favourite thing to do these days, go and watch your boys and that. And, you know, along with a bit of golf, mate, Gilby started golf, mate. So he? he'll probably end up, yeah, mate, I was talking... Yeah, talking to Neil Morris at, at the game last week, mate, and Neil said he's taken up golf and he's picked it up pretty quick, so he'll probably be brilliant at that as well, mate, wouldn't he, I suspect, but no Gilby, mate, but um, but lovely to hear Gilby say at the end of his interview, Diggs, you know, he's got no regrets, mate, you know, he's been fantastic for Cornish football as a player and a manager, you know, like Kev mentioned, mate, I think so a lot of people, I think you've got to know Gilby to love him, mate. And yeah, you know, I think a lot of people get, got the wrong impression of Gilbs, mate, and because of his passion, and you know, they see him on the touchline. He's just such a winner, mate, and so so passionate, mate. And he's used to winning, so you know, when it when he when he done, he's obviously you know, it's a bit of a culture shock for him. So, but unbelievable bloke, mate. Love Gilby Deeks, and uh, you know, well done to everything he's done in Cornish football, and hope he has a. Fantastic day on Sunday, mate. Right. Well, that's a great tribute from you, Rapu. Let's hear from two more former players of his, Steve Colwell and then Neil Slakeford. Steve Colwell here, waiting, I'm waiting to find out what he thinks about Darren Gilbert, who we're featuring this week on the podcast, because uh, well, it's his testimonial at Bodmin on Sunday, which I think you're hoping to be involved in. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. Um, family are going to be there too, so uh, it, it should be a really great day. Um, uh, he deserves it, you know, for what he gave to that club. Um, he, he gave blood, sweat, and tears. Um, he always said he'd give a he'd give his right arm to be on that pitch when he was managing us. Um, and I, I firmly believe it. He gave absolutely everything to that to that football club, and uh, I think it's only right that um, something gets sort of given back to Gilby. I think all the proceeds go to charity anyway but you know it's it's about Darren and uh, and rightly so he gave like I said he gave gave absolutely everything all the time in the world to that to that football club and uh, helped many a player win a few trophies along the way uh, how many did you pick up whilst you were at Bodmin oh, crikey um, <laughs> to be it, it's been it was my best time for, for trophies um, I think maybe three or four leagues a few Cornwall Senior Cups and Frogmorton Cups it was it was a, a really kind of purple period if you like in my career and, and for the football club um, I think it was like two or three trebles even thrown in it was it was an incredible time um, we had a we had a really good uh, bunch of guys and you know some uh, came and went and you know Darren always recruited well um, so yeah it, it, like I said for, for me I think I was 21 when I joined the football club and I stayed there for four or five years and and won pretty much everything that I could apart from you know the bigger tournaments the Vars and whatnot so yeah it was it was a very good time for me and of course from Bodmin you went up in levels of, of football um, 
so did Darren help you achieve that? Yeah, he did, and he he, uh, he never stood in my way either, which was always really, you know, you, you, I hate leaving a football club, especially, I think, you know, I left midway through the season, um, but he, he never he never stood in my way, he always understood, and I, I mean, our, my relationship with Darren's second to none, I'll, I think, you know, we'll always, we'll always stay in touch, even if, you know, when, whenever I retire or what, you know, it's one of those relationships that, that we have, and I owe him everything really I mean he took a punt on me when I was 20 21 years old when I was playing at Tour Point and I never looked back and yeah I think I was his very first signing as, as a manager so it means quite a lot to me yeah no, I, I, I've just suddenly thought of the, the clip of Neil Warnock where most of his half-time team talk is bleeped out. Uh, what about Gilby's? Oh, no, I've never had uh, Darren swear too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we always used to joke. We used to come in 2 or 3-0 up thinking that we played quite well and you'd still get water thrown off the table and um, a few few bleeps thrown at you as well. And we always used to go back out thinking, I don't know, what's going on? Yeah, I, think, I feel like we're doing all right. And But, you know, it's just because he always wanted the very, very best. Um, he would never settle. For, for anything less um, and you know it's rubbed off on many a player I'm sure um, it's, it's just it's just Darren is built into him to win um, yeah it's, it's, there are a few similarities when, when you look at it between uh, between uh, Warnock and, and Gilves yeah definitely and as you know he's a bit of a kitten off the pitch isn't he you know he's he's when you see him on the touchline, you don't want to ever get near to him to speak to him because you're going to get your head shot off. But afterwards, off it, like so many other people, I guess, he's he's human almost. Yeah, almost. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I remember the first time I played against him, he elbowed me just to go and get a throw in. And I thought, what's, what's this? You know, he just, he's giving me a little elbow in the chops and it's just to go and retrieve a throw and I thought well fair play it means everything to him but um, it, that, 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 was, that was Darren um, born winner and I don't think he'd ever change so another player that will be at uh, Gilby's testimonial on Sunday is uh, Neil Slateford welcome back to the podcast Neil thanks Dave got, got to be the hat-trick hat ball now or is it more than that now I'm not sure oh must be more than that surely but uh... yeah I think it is but uh, anyway, we've got you on today to, to give us your thoughts and views about a manager called Darren Gilbert. Ever heard of him or not? Oh, I think I've heard of him a little bit on the local circuit. <laughs> I think he's, uh, yeah, quite well known, isn't he? What a legend. Well, what a legend, you say. Um, what, um, you know, where does he rank in the managers that you played under? Oh, put me on the spot there. Uh, he's got to be right up there. I probably I played under some good managers, but based on what I won at Bodmin, I'd have to say he's probably number one. Yeah, probably you, number one. Yeah, you I, probably I'd rate him that highly. You probably had to enlarge your trophy cabinet when you signed for Bodmin, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, mate. We won. I think we won six six trophies in two seasons. So yeah, it was. Uh, very successful period for me and for and for Gilby as well. So, as a manager, yeah, you know, what's he like in the changing room? Um, he can be a mixture of everything, really. Um, he, as probably quite well known, he will certainly, well, he certainly give you a, a telling off if you ever needed a telling off. <laughs> um, I think the thing is with Gilby, because everyone knows he was such a good player and he's such a lovely bloke. Everyone just wanted to do well for him, so you you know you'd never come off the pitch not trying to have given one hundred and ten percent. So it's probably why we were quite successful. So a lot of respect for him. Yeah, well, 
yeah, as a player, he's probably one of the best. And he's still unbelievable now. I mean, like my charity day and that, he was he was still incredible. He could probably still play Peninsula League. <laughs> um, yeah, and the same as a management uh, a manager, just just really wanted to win. I think that rubs off on your players as well. We mentioned the success you've had uh, playing for Bodmin. Um, when actually Gilby came in for you, did you have any doubts about going to sign for the club or, I, or what? I didn't. To be, I didn't. To be perfectly honest, um, we had played. I was at St Austell at the time. We had played Bodmin, if you remember, in the cha- um, Senior Cup final down at Hale. Oh yeah. And we actually gave like a really good account of ourselves. I think we lost three two in the end. Um, I think we were 2-0 up at half-time. I can't remember. It was when Hodgie was in goal anyway. Um, and somebody had mentioned, it, sort of half-mentioned it to me in the summer that Gil- I think Ollie was there at the time and mentioned Gilby might be interested. Um, and, yeah, it was always sort of back then when I was sort of 19, 20, 21, Bombing was always the team that everyone wanted to play for. If you looked at the squad we had, it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was an absolute no-brainer for me, really. And uh, th- that first season, you, you did the treble. Um, that's ten years ago. Uh, tell me about it. I'm feeling my age now. Yeah, that is a long time ago, isn't it? Um, yeah, did the did the treble that season. I think we did the treble the season after as well. Yeah. So yeah, without without sounding arrogant about Bodmin, back then I we used to go on the pitch, and I never sort of thought we were going to lose. Even, you know, we could be 1-0, 2-0 down. I always felt we had a really, really good chance of getting back and still winning the game. And more often than not, we, we did. And and how much of that do you put down to players um, sort of joining the club because they knew that they were in for a good run with a manager like him? Well, it comes into it a lot. When you have a squad like we had, you know, you always have to have a manager who could manage it, if you get me. And he did it superbly. I mean, we, we would have probably two players in every position. I remember up front at one point, we had like Hodgie, Danny, Danny O'Hagan, Chris Luxton, um, Hobbsy, Glenn Hobbs was there as well. We had so many players and he, and he always managed to keep everyone happy. Mm. Uh, Adam Carter, obviously, as well, was there. Um, he always managed to keep people happy. Um, and that, yeah, that that's a real skill within itself, so... Fair play to him. Right. Uh, so, some of the best times of your footballing memories? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I won my first Senior Cup final for, with Gilby. Um, I won my second Senior Cup final with Gilby. Obviously, two league titles as well. Um, so, yeah, some of the some of the most fondest memories. And at the time, you probably took them for granted because haven't haven't won loads since really I've got a bit of some awesome stuff like that, but you do take those times for granted really so yeah it's really really good times great 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 bunch of lads and yeah really fond memories well last up we couldn't we couldn't finish the podcast without hearing from the man himself it's Darren Gilbert right uh, Darren um, I reckon you joined Bodmin Town as a player four seasons later you became manager and you've won, what is it, four league titles, four league cups, five senior cups, a charity cup. You've done the treble three seasons. You must be so proud of those achievements. Yeah, of course you would be. But it's, uh, like I say, Dave, it's not just about me. It's about the backroom staff, as in, you know, uh, with Ronnie Swiggs. I've had Ronnie down there. I've had Terry. 
um, how in the end, do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I know how I walked away at the time and left me to take it on. But yeah, it's a, it's a massive achievement for any club, do you know what I mean? And uh, we've been very fortunate that we've had some really, really good players at the club. Um, I've had a good backing within, you know, Brian and Sandra, Terry, Sheila, and all the other ones that come along. And Gilo, obviously, they're the main five that have made me achieve what I needed to achieve. So, yes, yeah, really pleased. Couldn't ask any more as a manager. I, I suppose it must be quite good that it's been pretty much the same backroom people over the many years you've been there, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think, as you well know, Dave, um, behind, behind any success of any manager, um, you've got to have a good backroom staff and you've got to have a stable backroom staff. And those four that I mentioned, five, that have been with me through thick and thin when, t- you know, times have been tough, they've been there for me and when the good times. So hopefully we've had more good times and bad times. But yeah, you know, success comes with anything having a, a great backroom staff and a great team as well uh, and, and they've got to buy into what you want to do If you look back on your time at Bodmin as manager would you have done anything differently? Um, if we could have uh, stepped up through the, the leagues would have been probably nice um, but you and I know and the club know financially they weren't in that situation, Dave, that they could do that. Yeah, it's disappointing because, you know, we could have achieved what, you know, maybe what Parkway and Sotash and Mouse are all trying to achieve at the moment. But there's also the added thing, mate, you cannot put a club in financial difficulty and I was never, ever going to do that. Do you know what I mean? And I would never do that to um, anybody. And that's the reasons that we didn't go up. Yeah, because many at the time always moaned, didn't they, that, oh, Bodmin is all very well winning the Southwestern or Southwest Peninsula League, but why not take promotion? But it, it's you can't be bigger than the club, can you, really, when it comes to those sort of things? The trouble is, Dave, you, you know, you get as a manager, you get all the applause, you also get criticised. And if I took that club up and something had happened and then the club got in financial difficulty and then they couldn't... Um, was staying it and then club went bankrupt or the club couldn't carry on, you know, then people look at you and go, well, why did you do it if the club wasn't stable? Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying the club wasn't stable, it was in to run itself, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, a thousand pounds for a coach on a Saturday to go up to these away games. There's players getting, you know, their, um, they get paid, you know, you, as you well know, Dave, I never got paid a penny. And I didn't want to because I wanted to do it because I love the game. And um, and, it, and there's no point in risking putting the club in trouble. And I was never going to do that. And if the club wanted um, someone to come in and take on as another manager and take him up through and do that, I was quite happy to stand aside and do that as well. Let's go back to when you joined Bodmin. You joined them as a player. Did you ever see yourself as becoming manager and, and being there so long? No. Not at all, not at all. Um, when Al first came and see me and wanted me to come to Bobbin, um, I remember him coming to my house and me and Donna had just moved into our new house and he said, uh, Al, want you come and sign for Bobbin? And you know what it's like, all the talk of money gets chucked at you and all that lot. <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't motivate me, Dave, it really didn't. And I said to him, I said, look, Al, you can offer me what you want. And he'll bear this out, you can ask him this. And I said, look, all I want is you to come back and tell me that you saw an X, Y, and Z, and if I think that team can compete to win 
challenge for titles, then I'll sign. He came back a week later and I immediately said, yeah, I wanted to sign. And it was the best thing I've done. But as for your question is, no, I didn't. I thought I would be there for the long term. Obviously, things happen in his life and, you know, that's down to him. And he, he decided to walk away. I couldn't see at that point, see the club um, going backwards. So I just thought, well, my playing days were nearly up anyway. And I thought I could step in and see what I could do. And, you know, I had some great backing over the years from the quality managers that I played under, like Roger Feiss, you know, Al Carey, Ronnie Swiggs, you know, when I was at Lascard, you know, Phil Tao, you know, the list goes on. You know, I, I really got looked after. I was quite fortunate that I had some really, really decent managers and I took a bit from hopefully all of them. Oh, I was going to ask you if you, you know, sort of tried to emulate any of the managers you, pl- you played under. Uh, so it's interesting you should say that. But um, when you became player manager, how many seasons, well, I suppose you, you'd probably say you're still playing now, but how many seasons were you seriously player manager before you sort of stopped, you know, being the playing side of things? It's, it, it started to, I think it may have been a couple of seasons, Dave, I can't quite put a number on it, but it just got too much. You can't, you can't be playing, managing. Um, and I, and I just felt at the time we, you know, Ronnie was brilliant, do you know what I mean? But he needed backup on the sideline, do you know what I mean? Um, and I just felt like the time was right that I needed to bring in some younger players to play in my position. And then I was looking at, oh, I wasn't going to get back in. So it sort of, not sort of retire, but I sort of just took a backward step and thought that was my duty for the club and the best for the club and myself to step aside and let the younger ones come through. Because you were actually still playing last season, weren't you, I think? Yeah, I played last season, <laughs> yeah. 51 and still playing, got me <laughs> off my head. But, um, but like I say, Dave, I did that because I... There's one pe- one thing people know about me is I will never ever leave our team um, where they're down on them. And we went to Penrith with ten players, eleven with me. There's no way I was going to stand on the sideline and let them play with ten players because that's not in my, you know, not that's just not in me. I just couldn't do that. I just couldn't feel comfortable standing there seeing them struggle when I know I could still, yeah, I'm maybe not got the legs, but I could still do a job. Um, in there and help them out so that's what I did for the team and for the club like you know yeah now you had some very good right hand men which you've already mentioned the likes of Ronnie Swiggs um, and there's also Lee Hobbs wasn't there he was at Bodmin so uh, how yep. how important though were they to you in, in sort of you becoming the manager you, you ended up well like I said to you Dave, you take about of everybody do you know what I mean Roger installed that winning side in me. I was always a winner, do you know what I mean? So I got that from Roger Vice. He, you know, he was a winner. Um, he wore his heart on his sleeve and I, and I took something from that, do you know what I mean? Um, Phil Sullivan, um, when I played for Lascard, I take a bit of bits from him because, you know, he was a top manager. I was only 15, 16 when I went with him and he sort of taught me right from wrong because um, I remember we were playing down at Padstow, it was a long, long story short, and uh, he shouted someone across the field to me. I was only 16 at the time. He said, um, I'll get tight, blah, blah, blah. I said, if you can do any better, why don't you do it? <laughs> so he took me off. I learned a big, I learned, learned a big lesson from that. And uh, I got the utmost respect for him because 
you shouldn't disrespect your manager. And so, uh, and Ronnie, I played it, Ronnie at the Scored. And Ronnie, yet again, a winner, great manager, you know, won the West League and all that with the Scored. So, you know, his coaching skills brought the team on. And, and, and players, really, Dave, you know, when you got the likes of Kevin Miller, who came down from pro football and was just so good at training and playing and talking to the kids, made me open my eyes. And then Sean Flynn, do you know what I mean? Flynn was a leader, um, great spokesman in the change room. People liked him. And you've, you've, you've got to sort of balance people liking you, but knowing that you're the gaffer as well. So it, it, and you, your man management skills, um, that, that come from my dad, really. So I worked with my dad at a young age, and he, I was made a ganger early days in, you know, when I worked. And I said, how do I talk to people that are older than me and tell them what to do? You should show them the respect they deserve, you know, ask them. Then if they don't do it, then you've got to tell them, he said. But if you manage yourself, you talk to people in the right manner, you'll get the right respect. So, you know, so I owe a little bit to him as well, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, some of those names you mentioned, you, you've had some real big characters in the change room, haven't you? Yeah, massive. Um, you've only got to look at Danny Wagan, top, top player, or I'll go, um, you know, River Allen, um, Shane Crack, Craig, Craig Swig's probably one of the best midfield players ever played without that boy didn't make it I do not know because he was something else you know what I mean you give him a football there's nothing that he couldn't do without a football you know Crossy from Plymouth yeah. um, and then the list goes on you know I mean we, we've had some great great players you know what I mean um, you know, I was lucky to play in midfield with Nicky Medlin top top player um, Craig Swiggs Robbie Powell um, and then, like I say the, the list the list is endless you know you look at the players, and we talked about consistency, Dave, is having players wanting to stay at the club. You know, you look at Tom Chambers, you look at Steve Simmons, Sammy Matthews, Kev Miller, and, you know, and the list goes on, Danny O'Hagan. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the massive list of players that stayed there for eight, nine years and give, give the club that, you know, then you get consistency, Dave. Do you know what I mean? It's when people drop in and out of teams, that's when you... But those players install that belief and confidence in the team because you know you don't have to speak to them because you know they're going to be there next year. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And one man you haven't mentioned, Adam Carter. Oh, top, top. You know, me and Carts go back a long way. Top, top striker. Always has been, always will be. Um, yeah, fa- fantastic. You couldn't wish for a better player in the changing room. He's always joking and mucking around. You don't see that side of him, but he's always got that little smile. He's always, when you're doing a team talk, you always look over and he's always up to something. Do you know what I mean? You don't know what he's up to. He's always got a little snigger on his face. But, you know, for the boy to score the goals he scored, whoever knocked him, oh, well, I never did because he scored big, important goals. Great, great player. And he led from the front for us. And like I say, I can't say enough about him. You said you asked about whoever knocked him, but you had a, a few knockers during your your managerial career. Surely that really made you fed up, didn't it? Because what more could you do? Well, it, it, do, it does, Dave, but the way I look at it is somebody said to me one day, I, was, I don't go on Twitter and the soccer forum, I don't, I just don't go on it. And um, a couple of people come back to me and say, oh, this guy's slating you. 
I said, well, he wants to straighten. He knows where I am on a Saturday afternoon. He can come down and have a conversation with me. I've got no problems with that. Don't put stuff on about me because you don't know me. Yeah, I am crazy on the side of the football, as people call it. But I'm a winner. But what people don't see the other side of me is, you know, I run three or four kids' teams. I'm out every night of the week training Liscard second team. I was training the under-16s. I trained the Matt boys under-12s. I trained the under-12 Sinclair team. So they don't realise what I put back in the football and it's all done for nothing, Dave. Mm. So the people that knock me can carry on. What does not, what I didn't like is when my family were there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's when it hurt most. So Donna, your wife, probably isn't seeing any more of you now than what she used to. <laughs> yeah. Well, the plan, the plan was to take a step back, Dave, as you well know. I've done that. And it was, you know, to spend a bit of time with the boys. Corey is not playing at the moment, uh, but he just enjoys life doing what he wants to do. Um, Kai's playing for two teams, and he's, he's playing really well. And Will stepped up to Liscard's second team, um, and he's doing well. And that's that's more enjoyment now, mate. I can stand there and watch them play. We can go as family, we can take it or leave it. Um, and she's involved with that she knows the score what the football is and she'll always watch her boys anyway yeah. do you know what I mean so she's had a lifetime of football I think she just got fed up with me coming to watch me she said what's the enjoyment for me standing seeing you shouting an omen from the sideline which I totally get do you <laughs> know what I mean um, but you know my, my biggest thing in football was my dad he pushed me where I was I mean even now as manager he still comes and watches me Um He's a bit poorly at the moment, so... But, yeah, so... Yeah, all good, mate. All really good. Right. Now, here's a difficult question. What's, <laughs> what's your biggest ever achievement as manager? I knew you'd struggle with this one. Yeah, I've had, uh, it's tough because I've had so many good, good moments as manager. Probably, I would say... Winning the first treble because it's always the toughest. Do you know what I mean? Um, and with the players that we did it with and the belief, um, and they wanted to be there. It wasn't about uh, the money. Do you know what I mean? The players. It was all about winning. Um, so that 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 was nice because it was the first one, and the club had had a lot of success. We brought the club from where it was with nothing to win the first treble, um, and really putting bombing back on the map. And, you know, I feel that we've done that. And like I say, it doesn't go, it's not just Aaron Gilbert. It's a lot of hard work with the other five people, like I said to you, in the background. Because without them people, you don't become a successful manager. So, yeah, I think probably the first treble um, was the best because it, it meant a lot to the club, meant a lot to me. And, you know, I knew that probably I was doing something right. <laughs> That's right. Are you are you a man that would celebrate afterwards? Um, I would with a team, but it, it, for me, um, it's all about the team. Do you know what I mean? And I wanted them to be successful because they get knocked as players as well. And I've told them that. You know, people people don't like winners, Dave, and you know that. Um, people can't wait to knock people. And I said to my players, you win, you're going to get knocked. You lose, you're going to get knocked. But just be good winners. Be gracious winners. Don't go over the top. Do you know what I mean? I never, never um, celebrated in front of other managers because I knew it's not nice because I wouldn't like it. Mm. Um, 
never banged on anybody's door when we won, you know, singing, chanting. Never was big-headed about it because I wanted to keep my players grounded. And we did that. And I think we were quite gracious winners. We, we weren't big-headed about it. We went about our stuff, kept the South to ourselves. And, um, yeah, and I think, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's what it's all about. Now, on Sunday, there's a, a bit of an event going ahead at Bodmin for you, a family fun day in Testimonial. What do you make of all that, eh? Bit of old fuss, isn't it, over you? Well, you'd think so, mate. I didn't know nothing about it till the other week. But, um, no, don't get me wrong, it's, it's nice. I didn't expect it. Dave, I don't do it for those reasons, do you know what I mean? I did it, eh, because I love football. And that's all I've known, do you know what I mean? So, it's, it'll be nice. It's nice in a way because I'll be catching up with players... I haven't seen in a long time. You know, Kev Miller, I've seen for a little while. I've not seen Flinner. I've not seen Nick Campbell, Robert Tigo, and all. You know, I've seen Simmons and TCs just recently. But it's, you know, your Crossies and your Danny Wakens, believe it or not, I haven't seen him for a little while. So it's nice in a way. You know, it's not about Darren Gilbert. It's not about me, mate. It'd be nice just to catch up with old faces, just, you know, have a chat and see what they're all doing now. Because you do quite easily they move on from team to team and you rebuild you rebuild and you forget <laughs> some of the old players like you just said how can I forget about Adam Carter do you <laughs> know what I mean which I did yeah. but not in a horrible way it's just you have so many players over the last few seasons going through the club it's just like you know there's two to three hundred players gone through the club since I've been there mm. so you know it's it's hard to thank every and it'd be nice mate because we get to catch up the family. Sammy Matthews, for me, one of the, you know, I had to give up football. One of the best players of his heart and desire and his passion and just everything. And he's, he's got such a lovely family. And I'm looking forward to catching up with him and Simo and TC and all their families. Because you, you make a little bond, Dave, do you know what I mean? Mm. And then you don't see him for a little while. So, so hopefully, it's not about the testimonial for me. It's about catching up with ex-players and wives and families, which would be... Very nice. Well overdue. I tell you what would be really, oh, would be really great. But I, I think it'd be really difficult for you. Would be to to put down on paper your best ever eleven out of all the three hundred odd players that have come through Bobby. But I'm not going to put you to that task now. But um, final question: Have you got any regrets? No, 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 no regrets. Um, I've been yeah. Last couple of seasons, I haven't gone to plan, but that happens, you know. And, I, and I've, I've said to people, I've got to take the roughest move. I've had all the success. Now I'm getting a bit of what all the others that managers have had, you know. I've said congratulations to Westy last year because he's done really well to bring the Farmers team through and win. You know, I'm really pleased for him. He's had tough times, do you know what I mean? So, in life, Dave, you've got to take the roughest move. We didn't have it so good come the end of the seasons, but, you know, when we were winning trophies, there was other managers not winning nothing, so so I take that all on board. I, you know, it ain't been the last best of the last two seasons for us, but you know, I walked away with my head out. Oh, I've left the club. Brian and Sandra and Sheila and Jarlo can hopefully say I've left the club in a good state. So hopefully, Matt to continue the legacy at the club. Well, great stuff, Darren. It's been you know, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, well, let's hope Sunday is a great day for you all, and and. Well, you'll be there till it's dark talking with all, all your ex-players, won't you? Yeah, too right. Well, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Really looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Take care, Dave. Cheers, mate.
You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. So that's Darren Gilbert. Yes, um, no longer manager of Bodmin Town, but uh, he will be remembered, um, well, hopefully forever, as being a very successful manager at the club. The football starts at Priory Park, 1.30 on Sunday. It's a fun day. It's a family day. And uh, let's hope it all goes very well for Darren and um, whatever charity will be benefiting. Long podcast today, Rappo. We've um, touched on uh, other charities earlier on. Uh, Sean Middleton introducing, obviously, the fact that there's going to be a charity game for Paul Hampshire uh, mid-September. That's going to be for Alzheimer's. Um, well, we've um, covered the whole thing, haven't we? From Southern League right down through to Trelawney League. I think we have this week, Deeks, haven't we? I think we've um, covered quite a bit, mate, haven't we? Yeah. Now, I'm going to let you go now because the Champions League draw has probably already started. I don't want you to miss the excitement <laughs> of seeing, what do they do, names out of pods or something or what? Yeah, it's a bit of a long-winded affair, Deeks, isn't it? Because they can't sort of play the same team from each country and seeded and oh. coefficient and all this rubbish, mate. But but I do I do like the old um, draw, mate. You know, the first one to see which groups everyone goes in, mate. I do I do get a bit excited, Deeks, watching them little balls unfold, mate. I'm quite a sad individual, really, well, mate, I? I did, I, 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 did, I did say to Phil Hiscott, he needs to get a life. I think I'd better say the same to you. Get a life, Rappo. Goodbye. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'll tell you what, mate, Phil ain't got a bad life, really, Dick. Does he? 20 games in, in a month. I wouldn't mind that life, mate, would you? <laughs> no. Good old Phil, mate. Good on him, mate. Good on him. Right. Brilliant. I'm going, I'm going to go, I'll leave you to watching those little balls with flaps on and whatever you said, and um, podcast next week. Yeah, look forward to it, Deez. I just hope Ian Rush ain't doing the draw, mate. He, he couldn't open the ball last time, mate. <laughs> the old bloke had a cat taking it off him, mate. Poor old Rush, he was all thumbs, he was, Deez. Right. <laughs> he found it a lot easier putting the ball in than that, mate. Anyway, he couldn't open the balls. Good, chat, it's a good job the Cornwall Senior Cup draw is a lot slicker than this, isn't it? Oh, yeah, mate. Claire, Claire's a lot more professional, mate. <laughs> you don't want Rushy doing the Senior Cup draw, mate. We'd be there for three hours. Right. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Cheers, mate. All the best, everyone. Have a nice weekend. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Cornish Walker Podcast.